How's it hanging? How's it banging there, folks? It's ESE, Eat Sleep Elite, back again with another weekly AEW wrestling review and breakdown. How is it going, everybody? I said that once already, but I really want to know. Let us know. If you have a question, hit us in the fucking mailbag. Wow, we're like 30 seconds. Good thing this isn't a YouTube video. We'd already be demonetized. All right. Um, But at the same time, you know, um, either way. That you know what's crazy about this week of wrestling, Charlie, is I don't think it's, it, we're just putting it just to AEW. I don't think this was like AEW's banger week of banger weeks, but there were some good matches. Um, Definitely, yeah. Is yeah. this? Does this? Are we falling into a trap now where AEW kind of does the same thing that WWE did for a long time, where like the last show before the pay per view is just kind of, eh? Is that is that I, what I we think, got in there? I think last year, other than like really big promos, that was we had the same criticism. But okay. the problem was, before we go into like Revolution last year, for example, we had the unbelievable Punk and MJF thing where we found out it was yeah. a dog collar match. Yeah. So, you know, did we have some, we had some good promo work again this week? But again, I feel like if we didn't have that face of the Revolution on Dynamite, there would be really nothing that I think yeah, we're was, talking about that built yeah. towards the next thing, right? I mean, I That's don't even. True. We're about to review the show again, so maybe. I, you know, maybe maybe we'll find something. Bit, we, but... we could find something. Absolutely. And that tends to be the case. That's actually one thing I actually don't know about you, Charlie, but I love about this podcast is I often find that um, I'll miss things. Not necessarily yeah. because I wasn't paying attention, but because I was looking at it from a different you know, lens. Um, As we wants it from a certain point of view. Exactly. You know? <laughs> and so it can kind of change how I feel about an entire episode of Dynamite sometimes, you know, because like maybe that one thing was the thing that pushes me to that this was a good episode or a bad episode. You know, we used to do the whole um thumbs up thumbs down thing and i feel like we kind of moved away from that because there would be so many weeks where we'd probably have to say thumbs down because we're not really feeling everything and we can't you know what i mean like um but i mean you know like either way i mean we still say it every now and then when it was really good usually but um or if it was particularly bad but i don't think this is there i don't think it's either extreme i think this is somewhere neatly in the middle of just average you know like uh, for a dynamite, which, you know, I mean, for dynamite, I mean, we talk about the match quality of dynamite all the time. That's still pretty good. So, um, oh, it's, yeah. So it makes it so special. So, yeah. So a bit of a, a bit of a, not special episode, like not like our minis or something like that, but there is a bit of a, a thing with this episode. So we are going to talk about ring of honor this week. That's why I mentioned just in the AEW realm first, I wanted to be clear about what I was referring to. Um, but, uh, we will talk about ring of honor during the news section. So we will do that. We are going to probably, I mean, I don't know. We'll see how, uh, detailed we get with it, but, um, we'll definitely are going to talk about it because just, I mean, just before we even like, talk specifics, Charlie, just what an incredible, first show for the new ring of honor they, like t- they came out swinging and yeah tony's officially entered competition in against himself yeah the only person that can beat him <laughs> is he needed competition so he decided to be his own competition all right um <laughs> but but all jokes aside it was really really good show and uh I'm, I'm excited to talk about it for sure but we got some all elite wrestling to talk about first but before we get into all that there's a couple of orders of business we take over at the beginning of the podcast normally i say business but i for some reason went for the full word there um and yeah so before we get into all of that i just want to let you guys know if this is the first episode of uh, ese that you happen to be listening to make sure you can follow us on twitter i'm at bane duke that's b-a-n-e-d-u-k-e and you can follow charlie at oh charlie with an x instead of an a and exactly and 
make sure that you follow us, uh, sorry, follow and or subscribe, depending on what podcast platform that you're listening to on. There's a little button there that'll make sure that you get the podcast in your feed every week if you don't want to miss an episode. And we also do all these kinds of special episodes. Like for instance, this week, uh, actually about the same time that you're getting, like not long after this one goes up, you're going to see our predictions for Revolution 2023. I almost said 2022. <laughs> anyway. Um, and if you caught and- the predictions first... Thanks for checking this out. Yeah, sure, <laughs> maybe th- maybe check this back. out after that. We'll definitely mention to do so in the other episode as well. Uh, but for sure, uh, check that out after you're done here, because you know, obviously, canonically, that makes a little more sense. I understand if you want to get straight to the predictions, but uh, or and I guess not canonically. What am I looking for? Uh, timeline wise, I don't know what the word is there. The TVA um, has arrived. Yes, uh, they've come to arrest uh, Sunny Kiss for having fake jelly. But anyway, um. <laughs> you've broken from the timeline but anyway um but uh yeah oh, god actually just talking about loki talk about a weight we're gonna have for that i i, I really that's of all television shows that's the payoff i need right now man it's, what the hell is going on with loki that's the right? one anyway uh anyway but um yeah so um and oh uh i completely lost my train of thought but oh yeah and uh you know make sure that um you check out the other episode, obviously, as well. But uh, before we get into the rest of the show, we like to start off the show with a little bit of positivity because, you know, we're all about spreading the positivity and the love, especially in pro wrestling. God, the IWC sometimes is just so negative, And, like, I don't know why they latch onto these so small details. Like, things that can ruin a wrestling show or a match or a promo or uh, an angle for people, I don't understand sometimes. I'm like, why, why is – even if I don't like the thing, why is this one tiny thing – bothering you so much that it's ruined it for you like i'm all for being mad that Sami Zayn didn't get the championship right although as much as i disagree with the the notion that he should win it i'm saying like i understand i can understand being mad about that because you really thought that's how they should do it right but like i don't know if somebody like spray paints a green l on somebody and that ruins the storyline for you i don't know what to tell you but um but my my rantings about the uh, the AEW Women's Division aside, because we know there'll be plenty of that on this episode. Um, I'd say let's get into our favorites, Charlie. I believe you you are up first this week. And carrying off that point, sometimes if a ref holds a ladder, it can ruin someone's opinion of a match, even though it's happened thirty thousand times. It's AEW, so we got to fucking say it's the worst thing ever. I'm going no, I'm with no, bro. It looked indie. I'm going with the face of the revolution. No, Char- Charlie, Charlie, what you have match. to understand is Hobbs needed to break his neck to sell the story. Exactly. It's just, I was like, coming off exactly what you just said, some people pointed at this. But no, Powerhouse Hobbs winning the face of the revolution. I mean, wow. We were on here singing his praises last week of the crowd wants this guy. We want to root for him. He's he's like worthy and of a not, push. not to completely interrupt you, but I would say the biggest complaint we've had about Hobbs is he had that great buildup and that shock win against Ricky, and then they just kind of put him on pause, you know? Yeah, Which they, is, he, he got his book. He was doing little things that I think he. I'm I think that's when we started to get back on board was when they actually gave him like a storyline. He's not just stopping for no reason. He's building himself back up. He's got to get back to the Hobbs that he was before he went to war with Ricky Starks and maybe lost a little bit of himself. But yeah, go ahead. And for all we know, now this might be. We might circle back to Hobbs versus Wardlow, and they're two different characters completely from the first time they fought. If that is a full circle thing, I'm down with it. If we go Hobbs versus Samoa Joe, I'm down with that. Either way, we got a good result coming up. But let's jump into some of the match itself. Again, right away, they went for their big spots. Eddie Kingston and Ortiz wanted nothing to do with that shit. 
They started beating the hell out of each other. They went backstage. Now they're kind of jumping into an Eddie Kingston, you know, AEW sucks. I hate AEW angle. Should Again, they have I, still been in the match or do we care? Nah, it makes sense for Eddie to not even care. I, I, you know, I, I think if it was maybe someone else, I'd be like, eh, should we have done that? But with Eddie, I'd completely buy that he just wanted to carry him to the back and beat his ass. Okay, I was just asking. Yeah, yeah, no, fair, fair question. Um, we got more Don Callis and Takeshita. That was something worth note. Sammy Guevara and Action Andretti clearly wanted to have the super spots, and they had a couple, including one where Action Andretti, they were on top of a ladder, and Sammy's foot almost went through the goddamn ring, like the little brass ring. <laughs> that would have been really dangerous. It was still a rough fall for Andretti. They had another big spot where they went through a, a ladder. I believe he hit a, what, a senton? And through a ladder, Guevara to Andretti. Really good. As we said last week, Commander was going to get his shit in, and he got his shit in both times. Mega pops from the rope runs. The second one was really good. I mean, that's one of those highlights that we're going to see all the everywhere. He ended up getting his own theme song. We've seen this before with some people. Anthony Green got his own theme song. Uh, Nick Gage got his own theme song. It doesn't always mean that they're here to stay. But he does have an official AEW theme. It's a really good one. He likes it. But as it is with every seemingly luchador, as soon as they appear on AEW, all of a sudden, you know, the the feds, I'm just kidding, WWE's interested. And so maybe he goes there. Maybe he doesn't. He, good on him. I think nah, this they guy, got Dragon Lee. We can have this one. That's that's the way I feel. I believe Righteous Reg said something similar on Twitter that kind of, I was like, yeah, you're right. You know, you guys are right. You and Reg, you guys think it along the same lines. Oh my God, Takeshita's. Thun- blue thunderbomb w- with commander off of the ladder holy shit the crowd was really behind Takeshita here and as he's kind of going to climb the ladder which we think he might win he gets cut off by Andretti Danny Garcia hit the ring to stop Andretti that was when they hit their ladder spot sent on off the ladder um Takeshita ends up wiping out Garcia he was a fingertip away Hobbs appears mowed down the ladder with Takeshita falling hard um, Hobbs climbs the ladder, gets the ring, get, wins the big match in his hometown, which is something I always applaud AEW for. Like Thunder Rosa getting the big win, Darby Allen recently getting the big win in their hometown. Swerve, I I appreciate when the it's a legitimate hometown like hero, and they get the big win because for years that was something we used to talk about. Where, you know what it is ultimately? Let's be real. It's the WWE doesn't pay enough attention to when they're going to be in somebody who they're booking a storylines around home. Yeah. And, and so they don't remember, book the storyline to work with that. You know what I mean? Like they do that in AEW. Remember when MJF and Punk were feuding and MJF showed up in uh what was it? Long Island. Long Island was a heel town. Yeah. It, I bet yeah. every time MJF shows up there, he's still the biggest baby face. And it's like, I love shit like that. Just like Chicago with Punk and different stuff, man. That being said, Hobbs had a he grabbed the mic. He's ha- or he's about to have a face off with Wardlow. Or he's about to have a face off with Samoa Joe. Wardlow appears. The security guards are getting wiped out. Hobbs is sitting there on the chair like like <laughs> with his arms crossed just laughing having a good time. This powerhouse Hobbs character, I really think is going to be a fun champion. I think he's going to win the championship from this. I I feel pretty confident saying that. I don't know who he's going to beat. I'm guessing he's going to beat Joe. To me, that just makes sense right now. But either way, that being said, we had a lot of I've action heard it in this. I've said that it would make sense if Joe retains the pay-per-view and then loses yeah. the next week on Dynamite. Yeah, absolutely. I, I could see that. And that would be a really so, but, nice crowning so, moment for Hobbs. And that being said, I didn't mention him much, but AR Fox was also in here. He had some fun spots. 
mainly he was just kind of selling big spots. Which there was just too much going on for AR. Fox yeah, exactly. Really, there was a lot going on. You had to have other. You had two. You know, you had Commander, and um, you need wanted to get him the Lucha spots per se. A lot of the stuff you would have had AR Fox do if Commander wasn't in the match, probably. You know, but he still got to do some stuff. Which um, Commander was not the first person they tried to get in this, which we'll cover in the news if you guys haven't heard about that. But Commander was actually the second up, so very interesting to see uh, what you guys think of that. But Garrett, this match happened. Powerhouse Hobbs, the new face of the revolution. The face of the revolution has often been criticized for not doing anything after. Think about this, though. Two guys in the same tag team, back-to-back years. Just think about it. Yeah. Just saying. Because Ricky won it last year, didn't he? I believe so. If it wasn't Ricky, it was... Uh, he was in the guy. match, at least. And maybe we complained that he didn't win it. No, I think he even said that he would have. He needs to win it at some point. So maybe he didn't. Maybe he was in it and we complained that he didn't win it. But, I mean... But I think we all know that he could have. You know what I mean? He was on a run at that time. Anyway, my point is, uh, fun it stuff. It was Wardlow was... last year, and he ended up winning the title after. Oh, that's right. We it was. I think it was, was a situation where we would have been okay with either, and that's why we Holy were... shit. Wardlow, Christian Cage, Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, and Ricky Starks. Nice. Yeah, I think there was like two or three people that we would have been. I think, honestly, I think that might have been the face of the Revolution match, and we've only done two, so this would make sense. But I think that we were literally going into that match saying anybody can win this and we're going to be fine with it. Like, I think that might have been the, the situation. Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, um, there was a fun sign in the crowd Eels and Escaleras. Love it. Love it. Um, <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, also, shout outs to the guy that was handing out popcorn in the crowd. I caught him in the back. Um, so shout outs to popcorn guy. <laughs> um, we had some mega meat lariat collisions in this match. Um, so there was a spot where I was Hobbs and, uh, and he was just laying into fucking lariats. It was just incredible. And, um, and then that same spot with him and Takeshita trying to overpower yeah, yeah, yeah. each other. Yeah, yeah that's, I think that's what I'm referencing here. I, I wasn't sure who it was because I was like, wait, who's the big guy? Can you Takeshita's believe how... Takeshi is so big. And yeah, it, it's hard he, because you put him. I, I would want to see Takeshi across the ring from. Uh, maybe this is a match we can have against. Um, uh, oh my god, uh, the uh, the, the Montauk monster. What's his name? I can't think of it. Lance Archer. Thank you. Um, the yeah, Lance Archer. I want to see him across from Lance Archer because I bet he sizes up to him pretty well. Um, I Still bet, never I get bet over you Kenosuke is better than or better. Well, he's definitely better. I bet he's bigger than Parker. Um, I bet if you put him next to each other, but yeah, because um, he he did not look. Any smaller than Powerhouse Hobbs, which yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs in our minds is like this massive he's a big meat. But you know what? Hobbs is kind of small for a big guy. We've talked about that before. Not that he's small, but like he's kind of short for a big short, guy. So that might be yeah. what it is. Yeah. I think he's like, a, I want to see, now I want to see Dikesh in the ring with Large William, who we know is legit seven foot. I would like to see that as well. I would actually like to see that match. But anyway, um, so just take all these matches down that I listed off in this segment for Kanosuke. Uh, Everyone against Takeshita. Literally. <laughs> Takeshita in a, Takeshita in a uh, stadium stampede match against the whole roster. Um, all right, I'd watch. Uh, I, I totally would watch too, even though I know those matches didn't go uh, go over the way that they wanted them to. Um, so yeah, what else was there? Um, yeah, that just that incredible spot of Commander walking the entire rope and then hitting like a flip dive off of it. I just like that's... That's next level stuff. You gotta, you gotta sign that somebody. If it's not them, maybe New Japan. Like I don't know. Like I feel like he'd fit it over there. We haven't had a masked guy in New Japan in a while. I yeah. What do like. you, what do you think of Commander? I, you, I, I thought he didn't get that much to do. Honestly, to be real he, he, with you, he came to hit his couple big spots. Yeah, and I thought if he had been given like maybe a match, match, which maybe, maybe that's what it should have been. Maybe hopefully, but I hopefully don't know. next week. I, I, yeah, I hope that, they tend on, to on do that, so that'd be great to see him show up for another match and get that graphic next week. That'd be pretty cool. Um. But yeah, so I, I did like what I saw, but I didn't see enough. That's all I can say. Um, I don't know yet. 
Um, yeah, that brutal spot with Sammy and uh, and uh, Garcia or not Garcia. Uh, we didn't mention Garcia Guevara. did get involved at one point. But yeah, with Guevara. Yeah, yeah, uh, he he got he came in and uh, Takeshita ended up finishing off Garcia. So maybe a yeah. match in the future. Oh, what a match! All yep. right, um, and then uh, yeah, there, you pretty much hit everything. I'm really happy with Hobbs winning. I, I think going into this, that's who in my head I was like, if Hobbs wins this, dude, this could be incredible. You know, like um, I, I didn't have like a na- name in my head. I think Andretti made sense because he just took a loss. I think, but um, I don't, I don't know if they know what to do with Andretti honestly at this point. Um, so uh, yeah, which is he's, maybe a he's good. He's got to be careful. They they got to be careful with Andretti because you don't want to. You don't want to waste what you created with him because that's a once in a you get to do that like one time Which as a promotion. We I feel actually like. we have some news on Andretti that we'll also talk about in a little bit here. Oof, so I'm I'm getting worried with all these news that I'm I'm accidentally referencing without even realizing it because I don't know what they are. But so right. one one last thing I'll touch here on the Battle of Los Angeles, which Hold is up. that big PWG event that happened in 2023. Yes, Commander did beat Bandito, but he lost to Takeshita. So two guys, two matches I would love to see. And I think if you want to run Bandito and Commander on Dynamite next week, go for it. You're gonna get some big you're gonna get some love out of that. And if or if you want to run Commander, you're gonna show up to that match. Exactly. So that would be fun. And yeah, uh, I think I'm very interested in that. I'm very interested to see if where where some pull came in with Commander. Because now all of a sudden, you know, as we covered, WWE's interested. So where do we go from here with him? Exactly. All right. All right. Well, um, yeah, that was a good match. Some good es- some good heels in Escaleras. Um, <laughs> uh, gotta love that. Um, and we'll, we'll keep rolling with the positivity. And, uh, man, I, I have been saying on this podcast for, what do you think, like a year now? Talking about how good Emi Sakura is on Dark. Yeah. And maybe longer. I mean, ever since they started using her again regularly, because she took we a little We started break. September 2021, and I think I think it was around then when we started really covering everything yeah, legit. Honestly, I, to be honest with you, I wouldn't be surprised if I had noticed her all the way back then. Um, but I probably didn't have as much nice things to say, because I remember when I first saw her, I wasn't that sold on it. Because I was like, oh, so she's like like the older like seasoned wrestler, so we're probably never going to see much out of her. Kind of like how... Um, what Whatever happened to... Uh, What's her name? That was like the American version of that. The chick that used to be the NXT trainer. What happened to her? Serena Deep. She uh, she got hurt. She's oh, injured. okay, okay. I wasn't sure because we haven't seen or heard it. Yeah, no. She she was getting a good Ring of Honor run too. Mm-hmm. She, she was, was going to face. I think she didn't. She literally wasn't her last match against somebody. I forget. It might have been. It was getting ready for Athena. I felt like possibly we'll see i'm not sure we're gonna have some women's returns she, here soon. she and mercedes both kind of got screwed a little bit by injuries to be honest i mean anyway but, uh, yeah between her statlander layla hirsch and now person you're about to talk about next just returning this week we're yes. getting some returns right now yeah so emmy sakura took on her former student riho um which i always like to bring up whenever i talk about emmy like she's read riho shida pretty much all the yoshi women's talent that have had somewhat out of success have probably done something with emmy over the years in japan um not all of them but a, lo- a large number of them um and one of our favorites actually mesa ruga is currently working in choco pro which is emmy sakura's promotion in each guy each guy each guy in japan in chocolate square but anyway um so shout outs to choco pro but um yeah, so they there was um 
I, for one, I love that the Joshi women are getting a, a little spotlight on the TV show. You know, that's something that you love to see because they just don't use them that much, man. I know they're stuck in Japan a lot of times. Not stuck, but they're in Japan wrestling and, and living their lives with their families and stuff, which I get, you know. I just wish, I selfishly wish, Charlie, we could have them more because they put on such fantastic matches. But yeah, um, if we could have Sheeta and Riho every week, I would be more than okay with Maybe it. not even every week, just every couple weeks to feel like they're a part of the roster. You know what I mean? Like, but um so yeah she on the they were on the outside spots and uh they were doing some stuff on the outside and uh it was just actually right before she hit the like uh the big squisher sort of thing on the uh with her pinned on the barricade she also caught her in this really really clean uh tilt the world backbreaker which i don't know if it was just rio was like on the spin pill or something in this match but like she was spinning her body around like crazy making everything look nuts literally (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she had that. She had the ice shoes in Fortnite, you know. Um, <laughs> and uh, then she stretched the absolute shit out of her with a really nasty looking, like Brian Danielson Romero special, you know. Like, pff, I mean, that's that was just. I mean, because Emmy's like, I think known as like, I think people just think of her as oh, like because of her match with Jamie, it's like oh, like hard hitting female Japanese wrestler, you know what I mean? But yeah, she's also she's kind of like that. She's got the submission stuff. She likes to stretch you out. And I I think I've criticized Riho in the past of maybe because of her body type and size, like she doesn't quite stretch for submissions. Emmy stretched the shit out of her. I'm sorry, she did. Um, and uh, dude, speaking of that, actually, I think that's the thing I would give Riho the most like flowers, props, whatever you want to call it in this match. She sold her ass off for Emmy in this match. Which just shows you the amount of respect that she has for her, you know, because Riho ain't doing that for everybody, you know? Sometimes Riho's out there to win. Yeah, and Um, Riho has, you know, we often talk about, like, people's, like, facial expressions. Yep. Riho sells that getting frustrated, like, Mm -hmm. like, expressions so well that you, like, you're believing her, like, damn, she really just wants to beat her ass right now, and she can't. Yep. So they did a couple of crazy pin trades back and forth, which was mostly just Riho trying to get like different things. And then I don't even know if this was intentional, dude. I, I looked a little bit like they were trying to hit like a regular like sort of flip through and it didn't quite work. But then she just like spun her, spun her ass around. I, I don't mean Emmy did it. It's like Riho in midair just spun herself around and then caught her in this <laughs> crazy pin like that ended up pinning the match. Sorry, winning yeah. the match. And this was not like a super long TV match. You know, I often complain when the women's get like a 10 minute match on Rampage. The women's the women, um, the women's. But anyway, um, when they don't get that long of a match on Rampage, but uh, I think this match did everything that it needed to do. I think Emmy Soccer is slowly, slowly getting like introduced to the AEW audience, and I hope that because she's available for Dark all the time, so she must be able to come to America more frequently than the others or something. You know what I mean? Like, um, that's my guess. I can't see why else she'd yeah, be available. I'm, I'm constantly. guessing she she must reside in america yeah maybe least, she does and she flies yeah. to japan to do the stuff in japan more and maybe maybe she has somebody that actually runs stuff over there for her while she's not there i would have to think that, that would be the case but um yeah either she way does, she works elevation a lot which, yeah, which like, is usually I, almost every week every other week she's on either at elevation or dark i it's i swear i feel like i have an emmy soccer match at within every three weeks you know what i mean so um yeah, she hasn't worked japan since december so that, that could be part of the reason why indicator. And maybe she's maybe she's leaning in, but maybe she wants to do maybe she wants to do her own thing in America for once. You know, I'm sure there's uh, a lot of them that would like to do that. But uh, Charlie, I'll just get your thoughts on this really quickly, because I, you know, I like both. Yeah, I just like both of them a lot. So go ahead. Exactly. Very glad we got this match on a rampage. This feels I'm because, you know, 
I'm with you in the sense of just let them go out there and work. It doesn't have to necessarily have like a massive, you know, four week story behind it. They have history together, and X, as Excalibur always does, he covered that history very briefly for us as well. If you weren't familiar, and I thought they just they went out there and had a fun match. Uh, the split screen wasn't too long, like the break, so I didn't it didn't like bother me or get in the way. The crowd really bought into it by the end. They were getting up for it. And yeah, that finish, Sakura went for the moonsault. Rio got out of the way. Rio missed her double stomp, went for a crucifix, but spun around Sakura into a sunset flip and got the pin. And I there were some really fun pin attempts as well. I I really hope now this is Riho getting a dynamite and rampage match in the same week. Usually that's like that's a big deal. I mean, you not too many people do that at all. Like Moxley's kind of the only one I often see when he was really getting that run over the summer doing both. Or if you're in the tag division this week. I, I think Punk might have done it a, a couple yeah. of times at one point, but I'm not sure. Or if you're Aussie Open, you, you're working four shows in a row. But that's just how it is. That's because um, <laughs> those guys are here for probably like a month and then they're going back. You know yeah, what I mean? Even if they're here for two weeks, they got four matches out of them. So GG. Um, <laughs> yeah, everything you said. Really fun match. This was uh, my favorite match on Rampage for sure. And yeah. So, okay. All right. Wrap in, everybody. News time. Let's cover Ring of Honor last. I'll, I'll fly through this other stuff because we're going to spend some time on Ring of Honor. Because And normally, it, this we haven't really decided how we're going to do Ring of Honor. If it is a two-hour show, we're probably going to end up doing a separate feed for Ring of Honor on Fridays. That As, as our Eat Sleep Elite usually always up Sunday. This Today, obviously, it's going to be up Saturday because of pay-per-view tomorrow. But if Ring of Honor is only an hour long, we talked before. We'll probably tack it on at the end of our shows. That way, if you're just here for AEW content, you can check out at the end. But this week, we're going to do it during the news. It's the first one. There's a lot of fun stuff in this Ring of Honor that I can't wait to talk about. Taking us off with news. Fuego de Sol suffered multiple foot fractures in an indie match. He could be out two to three months. He had just started reworking Dark. I feel for the guy. That's tough. Bro, that... I. I don't know how long he's left on the guy's contract, but do you think this could be yeah. a thing that gets him not re-signed, potentially? It's been a lot of stop and go with Fuego, and I I got to imagine it's things like this, yeah, that it might actually end up hindering him. And I... Let me be I clear. Hope- I'm not saying that that's Fuego's fault. I'm just saying... No, no, no. Not his fault at all. If Sometimes they decide to... Unlucky. I can understand a wrestling company. I mean, I can't understand it from a moral human perspective, but I could understand why, like, Tony Khan would be like, bro, I was just about to push you... What the hell? I just gave Marty. you a win on Dark. Or, well, he did. He lost on Dark. I think the Tony Depp or something like that. But, like, you know, like, he was, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like I could see. It's definitely happened with WWE before. Maybe Tony Khan's nicer. I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to see. Either way, hope he uh, gets a good recovery and we see him in a couple months. All right. Okay. AW All Access says the premiere date has been revealed March 29th. They showed a preview, like a 60 second preview. And it looks like they are actually going to dive in to some of the all-out stuff. That's pretty bold. It, one of the clips shows the Bucks and Kenny with Tony Khan. So if you're teasing it up, uh, I hope it delivers. Because I've seen a lot more buzz today. Or, well, yeah, today about this than I did last Wednesday when, when they announced so Alexis. So do we think we get Adam Cole three weeks from now? Is that what we think? Yep, Adam Cole, March 29th, will debut on Dynamite, the the return. 
Oh, so that's been announced along with it. Okay, because yep. they said at the time, the, the way that he said it, it also could have been like, you know, ooh, a week ago. You, you know, know who I give, I give him Action Andretti as well. We were just kind of talking about it. I'd let Action Andretti be his return match. Mm-hmm. Give another do spot you wanna, to Andretti. Do you want to do that to Andretti? Because you have to have Adam Cole win. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm cool with that. I, Action Andretti, I think, might find himself as it's kind of that guy. He'll be a trusty spot. He'll be a fun baby face. Or you could just go easy heels or Pentico. You know, there's my, there's many ways you could do it. But yeah, all access. Adam Cole, Britt Baker, Sammy Guevara, Ty Mello, The Young Bucks, Soraya, Wardlow, Eddie Kingston, and Tony Khan all had spots. So, <sighs> Young Bucks, you know, this is something I noticed on Grapsity this week when they were talking about it. The Young Bucks were so adamant about never appearing on Rose to the Top, even as much to go to the lengths of, they would blur their faces out of any content on Rose to the Top. And now the Young Bucks are getting you know, as features on the show. Very interested. And I also heard someone mention they should run this on TLC as well. Like <laughs> hours later, run it on because Warner Brothers owns a massive uh, reality network, TLC. So yeah, run like, this I, on I'm, I'm going to break this to the Grab City guys in a way that's easy for them to understand. That's not how television deals work. Hey, you never know. Rose the Top did it. They, they might run it. So I, I'll tell you why it won't because Roots to the Top was about their home life. This is about the wrestling life. There's no shot. Yeah, it could be uh could be interesting. Um, I'm gonna skip that. It's kind of irrelevant. What do we got? Brian Danison said Kofi Mania was his favorite part of his WWE career. Something we often covered was how fun Kofi Mania was, and Danison playing that heel was so fun. He was such a good heel, and now we get him as the infectious baby face that we all love and we're all rooting for. So that was really cool. We had a little bit of stardom, uh, Triangle Derby. Uh, the the finale the finale happened uh, today, and we just had a little bit of more news out of it because now that we've we've been covering a little bit of stardom results this year, Julia ended up retaining, and I guess it sounds like Tom Nakano is going to be facing Julia next. So that's pretty cool. Tom Nakano recently just faced off with uh, Kyrie for the IWGP Women's Championship. And I think it was hinted that Nakano is going to be one of Mercedes' next opponents. Yep. And now Azumi defeated Starlight Kid. And so now with that victory, she has the most successful defenses as high-speed champion. And Azumi will be Mercedes' next challenger. So that's pretty cool that she's keeping it on the hot streak. So... Yeah, and then we had some of the other stuff, the Triangle Derbies, which we won't dive into because we have a lot of news today, but I wanted to cover the main championships there. And, and the wonder of Stardom Championship, uh, Saya Kamitana defeated Hazuki, and now she will face off with uh, Mina Shirakawa at All-Star Grand Queendom, which I believe is where Mercedes is going to be. So we're starting to build up the All-Star Grand Queendom, which is where Ta- Tom Nakano will face Julia. That's three pretty big matches. So they're coming out of the gate. And yeah, that'll be fun. Eddie Kingston has quit AEW in a social media angle, which we kind of alluded to earlier. I don't know if AEW should be the heel in these angles. Um, it, if it works, it works. But any any thoughts you it's have on that? It's not the same thing just... as when MJF was literally like actually burying the company, I think, yeah. in my opinion. Because Eddie, I think everybody and their brother knows Eddie loves AEW, you know? like uh, Exactly. So, But he quit AEW for... Ring of Honor. Eddie Ring Edwards resigned a new contract with Impact Wrestling. He has been with Impact since wait, wait, uh, 20- a contract. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. 
Eddie Edwards has been with uh, Impact since January of 2014, and he will be continuing his deal on which a company he's been with for nine years. So good for Eddie Edwards. He's kind of been a Impact Wrestling mainstay at this point. So former world champion. Okay, we covered this earlier a little bit. Commander was not the first person they asked for the ladder match. AW wanted Vikingo for the ladder match. Tony Khan wanted El Hijo del Vikingo to make his AEW debut on Dynamite this week, but Vikingo wasn't available for the match. In the latest edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, reported uh, Dave Meltzer reported that Vikingo was to be one of the participants for the Face of Revolution ladder match, but because it was, he wasn't available, Commander instead took his place. He notes Commander wasn't under contract with AEW when he put on when he was put on Dynamite. He's currently under contract with the Mexican promotion KAOZ. He is very much on WWE's radar, and he could sign. Commander cannot sign with either AEW or WWE right now without KAOZ's approval. I'm personally not familiar with KAOZ. It must be one of the smaller companies. I just have to, to cut in here and say that if you guys are going to be following all the content we've been doing together this week, I literally said this to you when we were streaming Fortnite the other day. I think I was like, they should have gotten Vikingo, man. Yeah, and I think that would have been huge. But he because he's available. a huge star, you know, just it feels like that matches the star power they'd want in that spot. Not that I'm putting Commander down at all. He's obviously a big star too. I just yeah, like you have never heard of this. What is it, K A Z O, or is that what you said it was called? Like yeah, K A O Z. Oh, I, uh, I guess I triple A and C M L L. I believe were the bigger promotions in Mexico, but I'm guessing this is probably a, a close third there. So yeah, I, I believe as well. I am very uh, happy crazy. to know Vikingo was on Tony Khan's radar. To me, that's. That's huge because he... Yeah, that's money. He, as we covered by a long shot, was everyone's high, high flyer of the year. He was the he was in PWI's top 10. Uh, he's everywhere right now. Vikingo is, seriously, he's kind of... He's making waves for all, all the right reasons. And if he can land in AEW, that'd be, that'd be really cool. AEW's Chris Jericho. He said... He says the number one mission since AEW began was to help create new stars. And he's going to be wrestling Ricky Starks at Revolution. And he was in an interview with the Click podcast. and He was kind of talking about how working with talents like Starks and Andretti is all part of his plan to create new stars. And the main quote here, he said, I will never beat Action Andretti. I think that is fucking awesome. That is so fucking cool. And I really wanted to highlight that today because well, that makes me so excited for Andretti for every time they face now because it probably won't happen that often. But every time you hear it, you know he's going to be picking up a huge win. And that's something we've we've talked about with Jericho before is his willingness and his want to make new stars and to do that for someone like Action Andretti, who's, who's going to be forever grateful no matter where his career goes from here. If he's you know the top guy in three years in this company, I mean, you know we all know where it started and. It's just it. It's that line of respect that Jericho has, and for him to just straight up say that, which you know, s- s- some people might not like that it blurs the lines a little bit, but I I love that he says that, and he's never going to beat him. And all right, well, you know, those people aren't eight time world champion pro wrestlers that are going to be in both Hall of Fames, so they can shut up. Yeah, he's the freaking guy. He's the fool guy. He's the fucking guy. But yeah, so l- he later in the show, this is. I, I, I'm not kidding you. You guys, if you've watched our show for, for a period of time, you know exactly why this makes me so happy. Later in the show, Jericho detailed the story of seeing Action Andretti wrestle QT Marshall on Dark and being immediately impressed with him. 
we put that match over so fucking hard because I was like, this is why QT's so good. This is why this guy's so good. I've never seen Axe Andretti. He said we were in Washington. He was doing a dark match on a show called Dark against QT Marshall. And he did a great job at the match as a wrestler. And I thought, wait, well, he's a really good worker. We have a lot of good workers, though. Let me see him do a promo. And Action Andretti clearly impressed Chris Jericho during a promo segment. And just- I remember when we said that, though. I remember that was my big criticism. I was like, all right, we've seen what this guy can do. We've known he was a good wrestler since he was on Dark. Give me a promo. Next week, we got a promo with him. And he lit the fucking mic up, bro. <laughs> so cool it's so cool to see that oh man and yeah so that was kind of our big news this week now we're going to jump into the ring of honor honor club tv live results uh, it wasn't live but it was taped it was a two-hour show we got about nine matches we're gonna spend some more times on others on some matches than the others but that's kind of usually how it goes so let's kick us off Trustbusters music right away like all right let's hold our breath here we go. If there's people wondering if this is going to be Dark 2.0, this isn't a good way to kick it off. True. Holy shit. Mark Briscoe's music hits. Mark Briscoe, Slim J. If you guys have been following, both both Garrett and I have both been a little critical of Slim J because we're like, this guy's just, he's getting all this time, every match, nothing's really shining. This is by far the best Slim J match I've seen since he's returned working for the company. Um, I thought this was fantastic. Someone even yelled at him, go back to dark. I thought it was a little, a little, a little funny. I'm like, oh no, here we go. Slim J sold his ass off for Mark Briscoe. He made it believable that the match that we're having was legitimate content. Like, cause everyone kind of knew Mark Briscoe was going to beat him. Right. But Slim J, he looked good. He, the redneck Kung Fu whooped his ass up. But I, I thought, honestly, I was pretty impressed with this out of Slim J. And this is something I'd been looking to see out of him. Agreed. Uh, but, I would th- so uh, just throw a little Kenny Omega reference that on a Ring of Honor show. He kicked him right in the nards, right in the nards. Nothing better than that. But what, what, any other thoughts you had on this match? Oh uh, yeah, no. Like uh, there was a really, really sick. This is one of the first times Slim Jay's actually impressed me. Uh, don't hunt, my, don't hunt me down and beat me up, uh, Slim Jay. But um, but uh, he did a really cool spot where he was uh, body scissors around um, around Briscoe and he pulled his arms away and just did a nice little bicep pose while he was, that's like an insane amount of core strength that that takes. Dude. Like, I don't think people yep. understand like the reason why you do sit-ups along with like big beefy man workouts is so you can like do stuff like that because like build up that core strength. It's, it's really hard to do that. Um, anyway. Um, so yeah, uh, I think he, like I said, he sold his ass off, which I wasn't, you know, I didn't have much of a thought about Slim J other than I didn't want to see him on dark very often, you know, like, um, but maybe, maybe Ring of Honor is a place where we can find out what he can actually do. If he's producing quality matches like this. I'm very okay with Slim J now. And, yeah. and I think that's, I think there's a part of us that always knew like this guy, he's been in the, he's been in the wrestling business. Apparently for, like, he innovated a lot of the years. high flying offense. Apparently yeah. I didn't so, know that. I thought it was AR Fox, but all right. I want to see I want to see more Slim J like this and really fun match to open us up. You know, that's the match they need to have on Dark for me to finally be slow. Give me AR Fox versus Slim J, and I'll finally believe it. Yeah, that. let's let's get it next week on ROH. I'm cool with that too. But yeah. Fun uh opening up with a Mark Briscoe win, I think, is the perfect way to open up the new era of Ring of Honor. Lexanair is backstage with former ROH TV champion Tony Deppin. He has a TV title match next week against Samoa Joe. He had a pre-written statement on a piece of paper, noting that he will 
beats Mojo Joe for the title with one of his two submission holds, either the STF or the classic chicken wing. Um, I think he needs to work was... on his delivery a little bit, but I like, yeah. I liked what I was hearing. So, and also it actually felt like he was reading off a piece of paper, which I, I, I thought it was like more of a gimmick, the paper thing. Yeah. But it, it actually kind of felt like he was reading. Off it didn't of feel it, like so he was, was reading a script a little bit, but I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah. They can definitely delivery this. there. Yeah. That's okay though. He accomplishes goal here and I'm glad seeing Lexi doing the backstage interviews because she is really good on Ryan Page. Yeah, she's like, she, you know what? I'm going to say this. I think Lexi is the is how like Renee came out of nowhere as like the best interviewer and best all around usable person, like with commentary and all that. I feel like that's AEW's le- version of that is Lexi. I think she's super underrated as an interviewer, in my opinion. She's starting to really lean into like her own version of a character too. So I think like she has her own reactions to shit now. You know what I mean? Which I think is yeah. Like, her draw I was like, on the floor when Eddie quit. You know what I mean? Like that was she sold that segment for me. You know, she, like she does a good job. I mean, when I always go back to is Hook. She, I thought her stuff with Hook. I was like, wait, she's really good, bro. Especially when Hook was giving her those eyes, bro. I don't know. Hey, hey, hey! The Kingdom, Mike Bennett, and Matt Taven with Maria Canales Bennett defeated the Infantry, Sean Dean and Carly Bravo. I thought the Infantry's gear looked really good. It looked professional. It looked like big league gear. If you know what I'm, if you know what, one of the AEW's very early criticisms was. You know, everyone out there didn't, no one's gear really stuck out. It was like, this looked like big timers gear. And I think the infantry, you know, has I'm going to give you, team. I'm going to give you the comp. It looked like 2014, 2015 ring of honor where everyone just wore whatever the hell they wanted. And it didn't quite, it just wore all the black. style. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was a style, but there wasn't, you know what I mean? That kind of thing where but, everyone blends into the background of the set because they don't look unique. You know, I love the idea of the infantry as a tag on ring of honor. Carly Bravo has impressed us before on AEW Dark. Sean Dean had the big spot last year with the big victory over MJF. No matter what, it was a win. It's in the record books. That's a Ultimately, win over that never went anywhere, which is kind of sad. Yeah, I think Sean, I, now I think Sean Dean is here with his, you know, with his uh, infantry brother here, Carly Bravo. I believe that the whole g- gimmick is not even a gimmick. They both served in the military, so I, I yeah. like it. I liked uh, there was a like, this this is a spot that Bravo does where he does like the fake out punch spot in the corner that every yes. time it I for some reason forget that he does it and it just looks great and it looks like it hurts too like it looks like it just smacks the shit out of you you know like um, and I think the kingdom here are they're gonna work as a good heel tag in Ring of Honor yeah um, this is a note that I actually had for Dark but I'll just mention it now because I'll probably just you know uh, I won't spend as much time on the kingdom match that was on Dark but. Um, I remember writing on Elevation some notes that I thought maybe the Kingdom might have been in a better team to the if, if the Acclaim were going to lose the tag team championships too. Maybe it should have been to like somebody like the Kingdom. Uh, they would have gotten a better feud out of it. They would have probably had more people behind them. You know, I mean, even yeah. though kind of cold to AEW's audience, but they know who they are. You know what I mean? So I don't know. There's just a thought that I had, so I thought I'd just throw it out there. Um, I like the Proton Pack as a finish too. It is. It is a good finish. We get a video wearing with words from Blake Christian and Zack Sabre Jr. Hyping up the uh, title match about to have. All right. New Japan World World TV Championship. Zack Sabre Jr. defeats Blake Christian. All heart. All heart. I, I thought this was a really fun match. Brian Danielson was called out by Zack Sabre Jr. Again, he asked if he's watching. Sabre played off the crowd very well. Real quick also, I wanted, to, I wanted to say at the beginning, I kind of forgot. I thought them... Elevating the set from what they had with AEW Dark, they've completely changed it around because now Dark is going to be filmed on this as well. I thought it looked fantastic. 
it's, it's funny in my notes i have that at this point in the show too is when i started looking around it's not like i was bored or anything it was during no, the kingdom match i started looking around at the set a little bit just to be like hmm, what is this looking like you know because i hadn't the, taken the stock ramp yet. looks good the crowd looks good it really gives vibes of that 2015 to 2019 nxt it's it's much better lit than that was because it's about the same size crowd but with nxt it always felt a little smaller because of the way the dark lights were but this i thought I was very impressed with how the feeling of this show and the vibe that I got from this new era of Ring of Honor. And I think that's what excites me so much about covering this like we're going to do each week. The idea that if we can tone back to this kind of match quality and this kind of environment, because you and I loved NXT. And it was something... I think for a long time we only watched the wwe so that we had an excuse to watch nxt every week i'm not even kidding like oh yeah and remember our like nxt rankings we would go through rank like 50 freaking people it was good stuff on to the match here 15 minute time limit as with the new japan world tv championship i think we've covered every fucking match he's had it's kind of funny <laughs> it just happens to be on the shows we're doing bringing saber in was a good call by the way i thought christian was doing good working his way out of saber submissions holds he had some really fun submissions here, including his uh, uh, when when Christian is kind of on the apron, Zack Saber's got his feet in between his head and he does that twist that gets me every time. I love when he does that. There's a name for it, but uh, it's escaping me right now. It's like a uh, like a neck crank twist. I don't know something like that. And I thought it was well about the ten minute mark. Christian came back like on a on a comeback here with some really good chops to the chest. He catches him with a Spanish fly for a near fall. Saber hooked Christian's arms and a fireman carry. Christian landed a Death Valley driver and a brain buster for a near fall. Saber ducked the springboard. Christian effortlessly caught him by the neck. Transitioned into a triangle choke for the submission win. So, yeah, dude, Zach, it's, it's oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Zach Saber picking up a good win here. And how about getting a champion of New Japan Pro Wrestling on your first show of Ring of Honor? You can't be, you can't be bigger and better than that. Um, dude, I just, I say this every time we cover a Zack Sabre Jr. match. I guess I just need to get some new commentary to say about Zack Sabre Jr., but it's insane to me how every, and, 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 and in, every and any position you are in with him in a match, he has a lock or a submission combination that he can put you in without even having to think. It's that true, it's something that I've also only ever really seen out of Danielson and or and Danielson tones it down. You could tell he doesn't do every hold he knows because if he did, it would look like these other guys wrestling. But um, uh, someone who we also saw on this episode of Ring of Honor, uh, spoilers, Timothy Thatcher also wrestles like that. And um, so that'll be really interesting to see uh, if we can get those two in a match maybe also. But um, yeah. But, dude, there was an ankle pick that was caught by one point by Zack Sabre that then got flipped into, like, a Kaze Dora, which I thought was a pretty nice spot because it showed that Blake Christian's not, like, an idiot. You know, he got his ankle caught, but he can catch you, and he's going to catch you in a pin, you know? Um, then the, the the spot that I think was probably the cleanest spot of the match was the first attempt at the Fosbury flop that was caught into a cravat. I mean, it looked picture perfect, man. Like, it was, yeah, that was a very good point. Like that's so the beautiful. that's the gift coming out of the match. It has to be, you know, like, um, but uh, yeah, uh, there was an apron spear that looked really, really nice. Uh, and then he eventually did hit the, the Fosbury flop at one point throughout the match. Boy, Zack Sabre called out Brian Danielson. Yep. 
So maybe that's going to be a match on Ring of Honor this year. Maybe it's going to be a match on New Japan this year. We'll have to. There's uh, rumors that the Forbidden Two Door is date is already out. We haven't covered that because we're not really we're not covering rumors like that. If unless we have like a really slow news week, could be there too then potentially. So yeah, if they're going to run Forbidden Door Two, Saber and Danielson is such an easy match. I actually yeah. believed a couple of the false finishes in this match. I'm not going to lie to you. I I thought I did too. You know, I thought if there's a star in America right now that's that's just not really on their radar, but you could see them bringing in. I could see it be somebody like Blake Christian. Um, so um, has he made appearances on New Japan Strong? Uh yes, yes. So Blake yeah, they had the, he's in their radar then, and he. I think that's why I was thinking that because I think I'd we'd mentioned a few of his matches on uh, New Japan Strong, and um. So I wouldn't be surprised, but um, obviously Zack Sabre Jr. is going to hold this thing for a while because he's just like, I loved the comparison to Regal with the TV title and WCW. That was like a perfect analogy, like, because that's how Regal was wrestling at the time. I didn't even, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was like, yeah, Regal was this guy before this guy was a popular kind of wrestler. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of crazy to think about how influential Regal's style was on so many different wrestlers, you know? Um, Very, very true. And, you know. I think Blake Christian's one of those guys we covered that got the early. He was signed to AWROH deal. You know, he was one of the first guys on that new tier deal. So they made sure to lock him in. I'm I'm glad we're going to see a lot of Blake Christian on Ring of Honor. I hope he can become the biggest babyface of Ring of Honor. It's going to be hard with Eddie Kingston there, but we'll get to that. Uh, Eddie's not going to be there forever. Lexi Nair backstage with Smart Mark, Ari, and Kenosuke. Sterling tried to talk Takeshita out of the match with his charge of Josh Woods. Takeshita turned down the offer, said this was a uh, massive mistake. Again, Mark Sterling always selling the fact that Josh Woods is a national wrestling champion. There's a reason this guy is so good at technical wrestling. Takeshita's like, I don't need money. I have German suplexes and Cinnabon. Amen. Christopher Daniels cut a promo stating that despite being a Ring of Honor original, he had a lot more to do in ROH. Christopher Daniels then takes on and defeats Rohit Raju with George Ole out there. Uh, the announcers were really hyping up Raju's accomplishments in Impact Wrestling. Raju took control early. Um, he ended up getting a really nice vertical suplex. Uh, Jorah Joel cut Daniels off in the ring, laid him out with a clothesline out of the floor as Raju talked to the referee. Raju swept the leg of Daniels before scoring a near fall on a st- standing double stomp. Raju hit a pair of shoulder blocks, but Daniels caught him in the third one and turned it into a Saito suplex. Daniels hit an overhead throw on Raju, cut off an Angel's Wings attempt with a jumping knee. Raju missed the top rope double stomp, and Daniels laid him out with a Uranagi. And the best moves out of her followed for the win. Not I sure I would have had Raju win after I just put him in a new tag team, but I mean, hey, whatever. Yeah, and so Daniels, uh, 53 years old. I'm thinking we're going to see him working Ring of Honor regularly. It'll be fine for it. I don't know if it'll go anywhere other than hopefully put over some of the new guys, but making them get a win on the first show, I guess, makes sense. But any of the thoughts you had on this before we get into our um, really fun match? They both bumped well in this match. Yeah, I just, I, like I said, I'm not sure that I, I needed Rohit to lose here. I bet, I mean, I, whatever. You know? mm. I like that uh, Jorah was oh, there. Oh, and to... I still think Raju, I've had this criticism of him for a while. I think he needs to slow down still. He's, he's still rushing. I don't know if you caught it in this match. There was a couple of spots where... He was like really rushing, you know, like not that I know the difference, but I could just, it feels like he was like getting ahead of himself a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Lex and Aaron backstage with the former ROH tag team champions, Rhett Titus and Tracy Williams. The heft of their accomplishments. Hot sauce, Tracy Williams. Get it right. Hot sauce. 
and went to leave before being called back into the frame by Aussie Open. Kyle Fletcher made the talent challenge for a tag team ta- tag team match next week, which was quickly accepted. So, Aussie okay, Open got, versus Brett Titus you. and Hot I Sauce. I got to ask you, does this, does this mean Aussie Open are potentially under Ring of Honor contract? You know, it's possible they filmed it the same two weeks that they were here. I don't know. Either way, Aussie Open's working as freelancers right now. Again, if I'm AEW, I'm locking them in tonight. I, I would not, you know, there will be some complications with that in United Empire, but I would really try and lock in a tiered deal where you can let them go to Japan still. And yeah, I'm Aussie saying, man, AEW's tag division. Plus their theme song. Oh my God. Anytime a tag team's got that good of a theme song, you got to lock it in. Okay, here we go. Kanosuke Takeshita defeats Josh Woods. Um, really good match. I mean, oh my God. Josh Woods was, you know, he was pushed in the later era of ROH, the most recent one. And holy shit, did they give him a big one with Takeshita. And I think they both delivered. I want to say, I hope people start seeing what you and I see in Josh Woods more regularly because sometimes online, on Twitter especially, people are like, I don't get this Josh Woods. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Matches like this, I really hope people see now. This is why you should. This is why I hope they get it. This is what I hope they learn from it too. Like, let's let's start getting some more Josh Woods fans in this world, right? And Takeshi's first match on Bringing Him Honor TV. Holy fuck! Could you could you do it any better than this? I mean, Takeshi really, might no. be becoming one of my favorite wrestlers, and I I mean, right, I'm just he, gonna expose our buddy Dart and say that we I asked you guys straight up who who the um wait okay, that was on the stream so it's not exposing shit um yeah i asked you guys that might have been after the stream it doesn't really matter he's not going to care that i say this i asked him like all right we got kenny and, and danielson one and two best wrestlers in the world who's the third best wrestler in the world and he said kanosuke and you know what dude i think i mean i think i've probably been thinking that way for a while that's why i asked the question because i wanted to see if anyone else was feeling that and uh turned out to be the case but i Dude, I think I'm starting to. I think that's. I think he might be like two B to Kenny or Danielson, depending on how you have them ranked. You know what I mean? Like, I, I am loving every single thing he's doing, and he's still only 27 years old. That's so incredible, man. That's so crazy. But I'm gonna let you take the lead here. Okay. What did you think of this match, and what were your thoughts on it? Because I know, you, I know you love this match. There's no uh, way. T- Dude, this this is the match I was the most excited for. I think on this show. I mean, the main event was uh, was really cool, but I I think this match is the one that sold me to watch this for sure. I mean, I would have watched it anyway because we've been waiting for this for a while. But Kanosuke Takeshita took on Josh Woods, as you said. Uh, even in Ring of Honor, Kanosuke gets a pop, bro. Even in this small crowd, you could hear the reaction. You could see he even was like, "Oh shit, I wasn't expecting to get that loud of a reaction." Um, Plus he, the chance. Oh, dude, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, this was a match between two wrestling geniuses. I'm just going to say that. And I'm going to, that's probably a hot take, but I believe it to be the case. So they did some shoulder tackle, some shoulder tackle trades. They were trading them back and forth in the middle of the ring. Um, neither guy gave an inch. So, and it, and it just ended up that Takeshi was a little bit bigger. So he knocked him on his ass. Love that. Um, there was a really nice gut wrench suplex that was hit by uh, Josh Woods while he had draped Kanosuke over the ropes. That's a lot harder than it sounds, by the way. Like, okay, uh, the, 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 oh my God, I can't speak. The little, the cool suplex that, that, uh, what's his name? Um, Brian Cage does. That's cool, right? It's, it looks really impactful. What, what Josh Woods did in that spot is so much harder than that. Oh my God. 
He was literally yeah. tied up in the ropes, basically, and he had to just dead weight him off the ropes and then carry his weight over the back of his head for the throw. That's the reason why they crashed and burned on it is because it was so difficult. Like it's it wasn't even a botch. I think it was supposed to look that brutal. But anyway, um, after that, uh, Takeshita hit the Keshta line. That was one of the hardest Takeshita lines I've seen. Josh Woods just didn't even have a chance to spin and flip around because he was just leveled by the by the arm by like it was like. Basically, Kanosuke's fist hit him. I mean, you know, like, um, so that was pretty insane. Um, they, I thought for sure they were going to hit the classic Kanosuke um, uh, top rope suplex, but instead they turned it, flipped it around, had seated Josh Woods deliver the twisting suplex off of the ropes, which actually looked really great off of there. Um, and then the finish of the match, I actually, oh, sorry, they hit some some discus forearms on each other, like, at the same time, which I thought that spot actually, they've tried to do that spot with other people in the past, and it never quite worked for me. I thought it worked here. Um, and then they were just trading rolling uh, rolling uh, thunders back and forth to try and finish the match. They just kept trading back and forth on the on the you know, rolling German suplexes, like, and eventually Kanosuke just hit his, stuck him with it, got the, got the bridge on it, and picked up the win, and Man, I, I there's not many guys that can go toe to toe with Kenosuke, Kenosuke Takeshita and actually be able to deliver as athletic and dynamic a performance as him. And I think Josh Woods stepped up and actually delivered here. I would have to agree with you. And I thought just such a fun match, right? Such a fun little match that we got. And I again, I hope people are now, you know, buying into what we've what we've been seeing, right? So, okay, let's jump into, we have our next little match here. We had the Embassy in a quick little squash match, you know, just hyping up our trios champions, our six-man tag champions. Khan and Moses pretty much just Should this have been waste. a title match? I mean, it wouldn't have hurt, right? It wouldn't have hurt, but I think they want their first probably title match on TV to be against an established team. Again, I, I buy Khan. I think Khan is someone, his future is very, very bright. And just getting a start in this ta- this tag match, or uh, he already had the big Prince start in Cameroon. Shane Taylor Promotions, yeah. And now going from Shane Taylor Promotions to the Embassy, I think he could. There's a chance he could be the big name out of this. So Ari Davari defeated Metalik. He is no longer Mascara Dorada. Um, that did have some confusion. There, there was a news story running around that there was some confusion backstage about that. I don't, I don't know what's about that. Uh, I guess we'll find out. Again. There was a video package hyping up Metal League, but he didn't get an intro. And son of a bitch, those announcers are so good. Caprice and Ian Riccoboni, they said that Davari paid off the production team not to air Metal League's entrance. Are you kidding me? These little things like that, I just love so much. <laughs> this Something is why, I, okay, you, you want to know why I give Excalibur Taz and Tony Schiavone so much shit? It's because they don't do shit like that. That's really good stuff right there. That, that's good shit. Um, last week, I don't know if it was on stream or if it was on, uh, the podcast last week, we were talking about, let's hope Davari is taken a little bit more seriously in Ring of Honor. Well, let's give him a fucking win in the first show. A nice big win over, over Metalik, who's someone that most people are, know him and respect him. And as a wrestler, that's gotta be a big win. Former two, couple 205 live guys here. I literally put that in my notes. I was like, this is a cruiserweight classic rematch, bro. I mean, I don't know they faced in that tournament, but like, I'm sure they faced after the fact. Oh, they've definitely, they've had some fair, they've had some matches on 205 Alive. And Metalik, I'm still waiting on the Danielson match. It's going to happen. It's going to be awesome. And yeah, Davari getting the win here. Very big for him. Um, what do you think about Davari? 1-0 so far. The new Ring of Honor. 
Uh, I only have four words to say. In trust, we bust. In trust, we bust. Trust Busters music. Two times already. <laughs> Fucking theme, dude. Every time I hear it, I'm like, ah, oh, shit. What are we getting <laughs> next? Um, Lexi Nair. Lexi Nair? Lexi Nair. Uh, she's earning her she's, she's earning her money tonight with another interview. I'm going to imagine she gets paid per interview in kayfabe. Did we miss the Claudio one, by the way? The Claudio did an interview and he said he was going to win. Uh, might have. Don't have it written down if I did. Uh, Lexi Nair interviewing AR Fox. He's talked about I was trying out for the ROH a decade ago, not getting a call back. Ten years later, he's going to try to win the ROH world title on the debut episode of Ring of Honor on Honor Club. Honor Club. Good stuff. The Balor Club. Sky Blue and Madison Rain defeat Charlotte and Robin Renegade. The announcers made sure to to announce that the Renegades were recent NWA women's tag team titles, uh, women's cha- tag team champions, as they made their entrance. <laughs> I thought Blue and Robin got the start, and I, I really think Robin Renegade, it, her expressions are always so good. She always looks so smooth, even with. I thought. The Renegades, and for some reason, every time they're with Madison Rain, which I think it's been three times now, it never feels like it never feels like it's flowing that perfectly when they're working with her. But this match, it looked a lot better. It was still a little clunky at, at a couple parts, but I love the Renegades being on the first show. I'm okay with them losing to Sky Blue and Madison Rain. The they they covered plenty. Uh, they covered pretty heavily how Madison Rain, you know, five time knockouts champion. She's she's a big deal and. I think you need to have some established veterans on your ring of honor. Because as far as I know, we only have six women on this roster. So well, it's I these mean, four, uh, Mercedes, Willow, right? and Athena. What about Mercedes? I, I, I don't know. She I, was I don't know ring of honor women's champion. I would like to think that meant she was going to do some stuff with the ring of honor. You know, before. As, yeah, as far as I know on the roster, I think these are the only six. So I didn't even know Whatever. what Sky Blue is, technically. I don't know. She has to be. They put her on the first episode. Come on. I hope she is, and she got a win. So... Speaking of Sky Blue, she's literally uh, Charlie. And I, I, I know I harp on this a lot, but I, I have to, I have to continue, dude. Sky Blue is literally one of the best raw talents I have seen in years in wrestling. It is insane how good she is for how little time she's been doing pro wrestling. She, she must soak up information just so well, and she knows how to. Really, I, I think like, she might be like that. You know how like you listen to Brian Danielson talk in interviews, and he just sounds like a hyper genius. You know, like. I feel like she's like that, where he just he can take any information about pro wrestling and he could just apply that. And whether or not it's actually something he's going to do, he can take that information in and then extrapolate out stuff for a match from it. You know, like I feel like she kind of can do that a little bit because she I can't think of a bad match that she's had, dude. I really can't. I think uh, Brian Danielson, uh, he's doing his media tour this week, right? So they're all hitting all those podcasts. Another thing I saw from him was he was talking about his training with Jade. And he said that he said Jade has expressed to him how she wants to go wrestle in Japan now. And like, could you imagine if Jade just goes to stardom for a couple months after she loses her title? She goes to stardom no, for a I couple t- months. I know and where comes she needs back. to go. She needs to have her feud with Shida right before she leaves, and then she needs to go to Tokyo Joshi Pro and destroy the entire division. How fucking cool would that be? She would, and she already is like, just like we mentioned with Sky Blue, she soaks up all this knowledge and information. She just goes there for a couple months to soak it all in. I mean. She can come back even better than before, and 
God, I, I just, I love that. I love that he takes the training of her seriously too. I mean, it's not he, that he wouldn't, but like I think he knows he he knows he's, her potential. He should be is, really is, busy because of how much he does. You know what I mean? For yeah, for not just them, but for the whole the Black Bull Combat Club. I'm sure he helps Wheeler all the time. And but also like the fact that he has time every week for Jade. Not that he shouldn't, but I'm saying like that shows how much he sees in her. I mean, he wouldn't waste his time with someone he didn't think was worth it. You know. And she's out there hanging out with stars. She was with uh, Vanessa Hudgens because Vanessa went to uh, AEW last week in Phoenix. And she's out there hanging out with Jade. I mean, stuff like that. It's like her potential to reach this other level in media is kind of nuts. So in Rick Bonnie's out there. Oh, with Sky Blue getting that win, maybe Sky Blue and uh, Athena. Let's keep an eye on that. Maybe in Rick Bonnie welcoming ROH Pure Champion Wheeler U to the ring. Rick Bonnie was all smiles here. You love to see it. Yuta took offense to Rickabani calling him the junior member of the Blackpool Combat Club, stating that he worked hard to get where he's gotten to in Ring of Honor. He made a challenge to anyone who wanted a pure title match, a challenge which was answered by Timothy Thatcher. That's going to be a banger of a match Ayo. next week. That it will. Willow Nightingale defeated Lady Frost. We know Willow is a member of ROH and AEW. Willow took care of business here pretty quick. Hey, here, here could potentially be our seventh roster member. I didn't hate what I saw from Lady Frost here. I didn't either. I believe she's most recently worked in Impact Wrestling. And if she's not under contract there, or if they can work out some kind of deal together for a few Ring of Honor dates with Impact, I, I think she could do something. I feel like this would be a good, fun first Ring of Honor feud for Willow, bro. I'm just saying. It could be. And I thought she got in, she got in some pretty good spots here. Including the, what was it? Uh, the high arcing moonsault, which got a really nice near fall. She went for the tackle in the corner. Willow Carter with the gut wrench hit the babe with the power bomb for the win. I like that man. I, I I'm a fan of this. Willow is such a likable baby face. And if these are the six women are on our ROH roster, the Renegade, Sky Blue, Madison Rain, Athena, and Willow. That's a good six to start with. We can build off that. And this is also. Depending on when she comes back, there's also a roster I really see Layla fitting in with too. So if she could work both AEW and ROH, I would love to see it. And Willow, again, getting a nice win in the first show. We love to see it, you know? Absolutely, of course. It's our girl. Rick Bonnie interviewed her post-match. She noted that she's won on the last two pay-per-views. And with this win tonight, she feels she's earned an ROH women's title match. Athena joined the proceedings to accept the challenge for next week. Yeah, I don't. Hey, I don't think Willow's winning next week. But I mean, hey, great opportunity for. Her. I don't either. But yeah, exactly. I want to see. I, I hope they get some really good time. I want to see like a fifteen dude, minutes, honestly, seventeen dude, minutes. Because it's match. so tough. Because Athena is just so electric right now. You know, like it's. Oh, Athena's so good. She's yeah. like, is this too far? She almost is like as unbeatable as MJF is right now. I feel like you know, like because like, hey, how, who's gonna be that baby face that's gonna come along? I if you if you put her against Sky Blue right now, I'd accept it if she were to lose to her because Sky Blue again, she's got that momentum right now. But Willow would I think benefit more if they had a long storyline and then she paid off with her winning after like the second match or the third match or you know what I mean? Like, um, whereas you could just literally put it on Sky Blue tomorrow and I'd be like, this is the greatest move of all time. Athena <laughs> Athena needs to get her match back now and this is gonna be the greatest storyline in the history of wrestling. Amen. Ring of Honor World Championship main events. Claudio Castagnoli defeats AR Fox to retain. This is his fourth defense of his second reign already. I thought this was a really fun main event. Um, the crowd was so into AR Fox. He's kind of, he might be becoming one of the guys that 
you know, the, the fans root for in these smaller shows like a dark or like an ROH taping, he might be our guy as we've seen before with kind of, I'm equating this to NXT here, but NXT would often have their guys that they rooted for that would get pushed into the next spot. Air Fox might be the baby face. He could be. I mean, they put certainly positioned him in that, giving him the first crack at the champion. You know what I mean? Like, and it, being put in such a big position, I think he delivered. I yeah, thought bro. this was a really fun main event. He held his own. He looked like he belonged against Claudio, being as as he put it best himself in that interview. Ten years ago, he tried out for Ring of Honor. He didn't get a call back, and now he's their first show. That's back. insane he's in the to me, by the way. If that's actually true, because I guarantee you, he was already training ten years ago. Well, we know he, he was, had to. Have been. I mean, what they were Lucha Underground ended in like what 2015, 2016, something like that. Like, yeah. So, and he was already a hot shot there. So, <sighs> what did you uh, what did you think of this one? I'm gonna let you take the big shots. Here. Oh what, yeah, what, absolutely. But our um, main event, Fox and Casanoli. Started off with some great technical wrestling, which again, a lot of people think. I think a lot of times that those guys that do the flippy dippy stuff can't necessarily do that, but he's obviously capable. He's a freaking long term wrestler at this point. He's been doing this for a while, so I'm pretty sure he can probably do whatever at this point. Um, he's still an athletic freak, still able to do all that crazy flippy shit. Like I was saying, I came up with a really fun way to describe this match. It was Mr. Flippy Dippy versus Mr. Clean Your Clock. Ha 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 ha. I anyway, like it. I like um, it. <laughs> Cause you know, Mr. Clean, Bob City, I always say that about the bald guys, but you know, nah, Mr. Clean Your Clock. That's what Claudio is. But anyway, um, the single leg crab that they did, there was actually some really nice torque on it by, by Claudio where he like bent it to the angle that made it like back toward the other legs side. Like that was nasty looking. Uh, I love, I love Claudio embracing the sort of, sort of heel character that him and, and uh, Wheeler are going into. And I guess a little bit of the Moxley as well, uh, based on his uh, promo that he cut on, uh, was that on dynamite or was that from last week? Maybe um, dynamite. Yep. Um, I think it was recorded last week. I think is what they said though. The point is, um, he had some nice torque on that. I liked the fake out of uh, Mick faking out uh, AR. So he does that little back, like, what do you call that? Like that little, like, um, reverse kip up almost where he lands on his back. Yeah. And he, um, I don't know, there's probably a name for that. Just a little matrix dodge, but he caught him with the swing out of that, which I thought was a really good, like, giga brain counter spot by Claudio. Like, he, he did his homework on this guy. He's not just walking into this, you know. And then after that, not long after that, there was some more spots in between where they did a little bit of counter wrestling back and forth. But ultimately, uh, Claudio uppercutted this man in the next year. Um, and uh, so we may not be hearing from AR Fox for a while because I'm pretty sure uh, I'm pretty sure his brain was knocked out of his skull from this. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, the ending of That's this well match put. had the most intrigue, obviously. <laughs> I think post-match is probably the, the most intriguing part of this because it's been something I've been talking about ever since I became a big fan of Eddie Kingston last year. I mean, I was already a fan of his, but, but when I really started to understand why he was, why, how he wrestles, the, the reasons why, the sort of the, uh, the all-Japan influence and stuff like that, when I started to really get invested in Eddie as a character. And uh, obviously Eddie Kingston comes to the ring after the, sh- uh, after the match and calls out Claudio. Claudio doesn't give him an answer. So we don't know. Obviously they're going to have a feud, but you know, yeah. we don't know when it's a particular going to start. Are we going to draw this out a little bit? So the, 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 where the story left off, I believe uh, in Chikara was um, Claudio was trying to earn the respect of Eddie Kingston and ultimately never did. Um, so, or sorry, reverse that I, one way or the other. There, there it was about respect and the, the, there was no respect at the end of it. And I feel like that's consistent. Like he just doesn't care about this guy. 
just got no time for him. Um, I so, love that. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna I be such love an. That. Let me just say that right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I remember that being the detail at the end of the last match because it was only the second match. That's what people don't realize. The reason why this match needs to pay out. There were two out of there was there was two match. There was never a rubber match for this. So they need to they need to do something. And I imagine it's going to be a massive massive match. I mean, that's probably what's going to be on SuperCard of Honor. You think, right? That would make the most sense to me. Yeah. Because they got a month to build up to it now, so you know, I mean, roughly a month, you know. Uh, yeah, I just uh, give me some thoughts because I've just been going and going and going. Yeah, I think as our first main event, it delivered really fun spots here, and Eddie versus Claudio as the first championship feud in the new Ring of Honor is fucking brilliant. That's a it money also match. feels very appropriate given the history of Ring of Honor. You know what I mean? And you know what's good. You know what's good. When I would be okay, and we have to equate the two just because if this was our AEW World Championship feud, say they did go the route of Claudio, you know, he won the championship off Punk or something, and it was Eddie Kingston challenging Claudio, I would be very happy with this as our AEW World Championship feud. Well, remember, because Claudio wasn't supposed to win the world title at Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor last time, or no, it was it Noah's Death Before Dishonor, whichever show he wanted on. Um, He wasn't supposed to be at that show. He was supposed to show up at, like, the pay-per-view that followed that. That, which might have been double or nothing or something. I think that was the original plan. And then I forget, was it Brian got injured or something like that? Um, yep. And he had to come in and replace him in that match. And so he just ultimately had him win the title off of, uh, off of, uh, what was it, Gresham? Um, and that was not a decision that he, that's, I think, probably what created so much rift between him and, and Gresham, right? Was because he just suddenly made, made that decision. But, um, that might have been the plan because he seemed like he really wanted to put a world title on Claudio. So yeah, him, him potentially beating Punk maybe after Punk turns heel or something. And and I'll say this once, I I really wish uh, it all worked out with Gresham because I think you'd be such a great fit for this show. I'm sad. It, I'm sad it went the way it did. And maybe you know we can cooler heads could prevail and whatever happened. Yeah, with you, the you know you know him. who this Ring of Honor needs, Charlie, and I just listened to him. He doesn't seem like he's that um against it potentially. Um maybe maybe I just misread, but I would love to see Leo Rush in this Ring of Honor dude. Yeah, I love Leo Rush so much. And yeah, Leo Rush Gresham if there's a world where they can they can work together again, Gresham would feel so good here. So I'll, I'll just say that once on the first show and let's move on here. So as you guys can see, we just spent some good time covering that. It was a two-hour show. If it's a two-hour show going forward and you guys like this stuff, I mean, we'll be able to tell and you guys enjoyed this, we would love to cover it. So (laughs) either way, it'll be fun to do for us and more content for everyone else. Real quick, next week, Wheeler Universe Thatcher for the Pure title, Athena versus Nightingale for the Women's World title, Samoa Joe versus Tony Deppin for the TV title, Aussie Open versus... Hot sauce, Tracy Williams and Brett Titus, and Dalton Castle will be in action. So, yeah, loaded show next week. If that's all that's there, that's that's an hour show. So we'll see how that all prevails. And, yeah, if you want to take us now through Dark Elevation episode 104. Holy shit. So we already gave her some praise this week. Um, I'm not going to give her like that much in this match because it was kind of a short match. We had Emmy Sakura taking on, was it Rochelle Riveter? I, I didn't quite get the name down properly, I don't think. Rochelle, R- Rochelle Riveter, something like that. Um, she chopped the shit out of her, uh, told Phoenix to shut up, hit her diving moonsault for the win, 
and then played with uh, Rick Knox at the end, who didn't hate it. Um, he was okay with it. He's not. He's not as against it as uh, as uh, Smith is. Anyway, um, he just like me. He just he, like he, me. I'd be okay with it too. Anyway, um, the uh, the kingdom picked up a win. Um, they looked smooth. Like I mentioned, that thing. I, I think they would have been a better uh, final angle for the acclaimed title reign. I stand by that because um, they're good. And uh, Maria Maria Canellis is a uh, is a is a nice addition to that faction. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Um, Something else about Canellis or uh, the Kingdom. We can trust them to do well in big. Matches. That's what I mean. They they can deliver in those spots. Like we've already seen it once. Like I've not like cared particularly for most of their matches, but when they've been put in a spot that it mattered, like their first time being brought in, or um, they just had a match recently that I was like, well, the one on Ring of Honor, but also that they've had some matches recently that which. And and this will be an old reference, which is kind of the way I always felt about Authors of Pain. I, I, week to week, I wasn't their biggest fan, but in the big matches, the yeah, motherfuckers the, the, would yeah. deliver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How much of that with Authors was the other teams, though? Because there were oh, it could have been a lot because that was such a great era of tag mm-hmm. team wrestling. You still had DIY together at that time, like that. Mm. Anyway, um, just briefly, but they were still there before that bastard Champa. Anyway, um. He's still a heel to me. I don't care how much of a baby face they make. He's always going to be a heel to me for betraying b- good brother Johnny. Ugh. Anyway. Um, yeah. How could he? Uh, we had, speaking of how could they, uh, Ni- we had a match that I wish we didn't have, uh, which was we had Nyla, Marina, Diamante, and uh, was, was that it? Yeah, it was just a trios, I think. And uh, they had a match on dark um diamante had a german suplex that looked good and then after that point this match just lost the plot completely and it was not good you have any notes on this match charlie like oh my god my only note is i would still run diamante with kiara hogan bring the real life stuff to the front i think it could work agreed we actually i think we, were, we watched this together this week and uh, i think i think that's what we mentioned with each other uh, in that moment because we were kind of like bouncing all over the place um anyway we had Powerhouse Hobbs pick up a uh, nice win. So if you pay attention to Dark and Elevation, like if you you sometimes can tell, oh, someone picked up a win on Dark, does that mean they're going to win the match they're in? Uh, it doesn't always work out that way, but it did this week. Um, uh, he just, you know, he got a nice pop because he's a local, you know, local crowd, stuff like that. They love the, they're loving Hobbs, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he uh, beat the piss out of this guy in the corner with some lariats. Um, and then he spine busted this man's soul out of his body. And hit yep. the torture rack slam, mm-hmm. and that was it. This was one of those matches that it felt so good to watch another human just beat the shit beat out of him yes. because of how good Hobbs was selling it. Yep. Uh, the opponent was Daniel Evans. He a uh, very normal looking guy, and it looked like someone Hobbs just picked up off the street and beat the hell out of. And I love if that's the idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, we had Matt Hardy, Ethan Page, Isaiah Cassidy taking on a team of Jobbers. <laughs> Um, the Phoenix crowd was super loud for this episode of Elevation for some reason. Yeah, I don't they know were. Why. I have no idea why, but um, getting good talents. Yeah, hey, there you go. Um, uh, so sorry, uh, I feel I lost where I was in my notes. Um, there was a man that got uh, absolutely deleted uh, by Matt Hardy. <laughs> That's all I can say. Uh, they had some solid tag team cohesion in here. Uh, the jobbers actually sold well, um, which is not something that you can usually say in a lot of these dark matches. I think they actually did do uh, some decent selling in this match. Um, and Isaiah Cassidy continues to be a menace to society. And that's the end of my notes. Yeah, Isaiah Cassidy with the uh, the the entrance is getting even better now because Isaiah Cassidy has the whole crowd moaning with him. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> we looked it up. These these guys, Braxton, Ice Williams, and Watson, are a trio that work together. So maybe they'll be brought back. They, they worked well here. All right. And we have the new Veer Mahan segment where uh, QTV is coming soon. All right. Um, it, they launched a Twitter, Quality TV. I wonder what it's going to be. Huh. It's not even related to QT then? Interesting. Nope. Okay. Nope. Okay. So they, they launched a handle last night after Rampage. So I'm very curious. Maybe it'll be something related to somebody else entirely then. That'll be cool. We had Athena taking on Daniel, bleh, Daniel Camella, um, who we actually view as like not a nothing talent. I'm surprised that she got put in this spot. I mean, they got to have good wrestlers lose to her every now and then to keep the credibility yeah. up. But I mean, it was a little surprising. She had a good match with Britt on, I believe, a Dynamite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they obviously see her as like a potential. And she's actually got, she works somewhere significant, doesn't she? Like, it's not like a nothing promotion, right? Yeah, Vanessa Bourne on NXT. And she was the infamous one that was called up to SmackDown. And she never got a chance to debut before she got cut. Ah, uh, that's right. That's right. During those uh, 2020 cuts. We kind of thought maybe this would be one they would bring in, kind of like how we thought maybe they would with um, that Sloan Jacobs that ended up getting cut from NXT. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, either way, uh, she hit her with the forearm of doom, kicked her off the apron, and she looked like kind of like um, this chick, I think, still looks solid in defeat. Um, she hit her with the O face, and then the belt shot after the bell. And in the main event of the evening, we had. Big shoddy Lee Johnson taking on Kanosuke Takeshita. Um, we had a sign in the crowd that said Takeshita is the future. They had some good mat wrestling to start, um, which I agree with that statement, by the way. Um, Takeshita line sent him to the Shadow Realm. Uh, he took out Cole Carter. By the way, I forgot to mention Cole Carter was there because um, they're, they're a tag team. I forgot the about nice, that. A nice uh, leather jacket. Yeah, looking like a nice little, looking like he was sleeping with the fishes anyway. Um, Menard pointing out his hard nipples. <laughs> That's so in character with him, though. <laughs> I actually didn't take any notes about them on this particular episode, but uh, they're still a good commentary theme. Um, Takeshita's lip got busted open a little bit, um, and then he needs this—you know—he he need Lee Johnson into oblivion. GGS. Uh, Takeshita picks up the win, and with yeah. that, that takes us to AEW Dark episode one eighty-five. Action Andretti opens us up, taking on and defeating Tony Deppin. How dare uh, good he? Good spot for him, being a former ROH TV champion. He hit, he beat him with a signature shooting star press and rebounds from his loss uh, against Sammy Guevara. Nah, on fuck Friday. that guy. Tony Deppin deserves the win. Holy hell. Um, real quick, completely off topic. I just got a notification on my phone. Anthony Richardson just set the QB record for vertical jump at the NFL Combine. 40 and a half inches that's high for anybody what the f- um you and i have been talking about this because we you know we get into the nfl draft some years more than others but anthony richardson is a fucking unicorn this guy's a freak athlete and i think that's all we needed um maybe he can go to your team right the colts fuck it send it in clots evil uno picks up a good win here and yeah from the main event on wednesday to uh the second match on dark right yeah, that's what I said to you. Uh, I, I literally put that in my notes. I was like, yikes, bro. What what a titanic fall for a guy. But, I mean, maybe he doesn't look at it that way. I don't know. I heard a quote about Evil Uno, and I can't remember what exactly it was, but he's got some fans. Parker Boudreaux picked up a quick victory over Joe Ocasio. Just quick stuff here. Just kind of a warm-up match for him. A tune-up for his big match on Rampage. You know, you know what the best part of this segment was? You know what it was. I missed it. Trench. That's, son of a bitch. Damn it. 
You're right. You're right. Trench is not locked up. He's okay. <laughs> He's all good. Trench is yeah, here. Trench wasn't in jail. He got beat up by Keith Lee. We got that confirmed. It's good to know. Sean Dean defeated Invictus Cash. Um, Pretty much the captain was in control from the beginning of the bell here. I swear to God, we must have seen this match like four times on Dark. It seems like we have. Am I crazy? Am I losing my mind? I feel like it's happened. It, it, uh, I got deja vu from it. Layla Gray defeated Sahara 7. Uh, Layla picking up some victories. I think, again, I'm guessing she's on one of those tiered deals where she is. Because we're seeing her more and more now get her own victories like this. And yeah, this running bulldog scored a near fall. And she submitted her with an armbar. I like a good submission. Uh, you know me, I, I I'm get more submissions in wrestling. Taz owns a barge. <laughs> Willie Mack defeated Joe Keys. I like seeing Willie Mack here. Hey? Yeah, but I gotta I gotta be honest with Top you. Top rope splash. This was my worst Willie Mack match so far. It didn't look I was not that impressed with this match. I don't know what was up, but Yeah, it wasn't much here. This this whole show I didn't I was not a fan of the show. Let's be honest. Uh followed up Willie Mack with Shane Taylor. Talk about two guys I'm interested in. Willie Mack and Shane Taylor. He defeated Adrian Alanis. Um, Alanis was mouthing off to him before the bell. And he got his ass whooped for it. Cracked him with a standing headbutt. He kicked out of the running splash, but he was a uh, package pile driver from Taylor. Got the win. Lee Moriarty defeated Very Morales. We've seen Morales before a few times here. I like Lee picking up a victory. He needed it after uh, they lost that tag match. Arjun Singh defeated Blake Lee. So one of those matches where is Arjun Singh going to be maybe someone that we can look at? We've here definitely that's... mentioned him a couple of times. I think that the, if I remember, because this kind of jogs memory in my head of saying that I've seen him and I've seen what he's done and I've not been spectacularly impressed by anything, but I see the potential that they see in him, I think. So it looks like he is a, a former champion in one wrestling or one is this the same guy? Wow. If it is, I, I, Hey, more power to him. And he's worked dark a few times. I don't know if, you know what I mean? I'm still trying to figure that out, but we'll see where it goes from here. And it, clearly they see something in him. If they're getting him a fucking win. Bryce Rosenberg is sketch according to Taz. Yeah. With good reason, right? I so. mean, is it all bald men? He's got a problem with bald. Bald! But, uh... Why he bald? Yeah. Why he bald, though? At top flight, AR Fox and Matt Seidel defeated the Trust Busters. Ari Devar, Jeeves K, Sonny Kiss, and Slim J. Let's go, Sonny Kiss, getting uh, getting in on there. Hey, like when, when we can't be here. burying the Sky Blue had a match on this show, too. Hey, I don't make the rules. But, yeah, we love seeing Sonny Kiss get in here. And... Yeah, this was they had a good amount of time here. And I, I like seeing Matt Seidel kind of with his old his old guys here of the top flight and now the new edition of AR Fox. That's a good four. It works well together. But yeah, Sky Blue did take on Dream Girl Ellie in between those two matches, I just want to say. Oh, I don't even have it written down. There wasn't much there, but she, she there was it did happen. I don't wanna I don't wanna not get every match because I had I, I have it in my notes, so I think it did happen. I guess it did happen. I don't even have it written down. Usually that, that doesn't happen. Uh Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Satnam Singh defeated Jackson Drake, Jay Malachi. Again, she pronounced it as Malachi this time. I don't know what it is. And Oliver Sawyer. Um Jay Malachi and Oliver Sawyer teamed together now a couple times. 
Um, Singh dribbled Malachi's head off the mat like a basketball. <laughs> That's all I had. Peter Avalon got a quick victory. And all these three matches, by the way, are when we switched over to the new set. And I was like, okay, the new set's here. Looks nice. Peter Avalon, quick victory. He was facing Jericho on Wednesday. Didn't hurt to get a tune-up match. Main event. Orange Cassidy and Danhausen defeated the Workhorsemen. This this was their first tag match. Looking back now, it makes a lot of sense because where they went, they where they ended up going as being in the match at Revolution together, they needed a, another tag match together. So pretty fun stuff. There's a really fun sequence at the end uh, with JD Drake and the way they were able to finally suplex him. It was really nice stuff. And Danhausen did his job here with you know having some fun, but also getting his ass beat. Selling the stuff from everyone else. J.D. Drake hit that move that he throws the guy off the ropes and fucking clacks him um, on the outside of the ring, which I'm always happy when he does that. And yeah, a stunner was hit on Drake. Danhausen um, hit the German suplex. That was the same motion. They scored the win moments later when Danhausen hit Henry with a go to sleep. I like that he's got the GTS. We got to have Danhausen versus CM Punk. This is the way. Punkhausen. Uh, okay, AEW Dynamite. Here we go. Orange Cassidy takes on a defeats Big Bill to retain his AEW All-Atlantic Championship. This is a completely different style of defense from last week, whereas they played up the size differential here pretty much most of the match. I thought Bill looked good as the monster, and Cassidy played comedy into it as as he does, as he likes Bro, to do. And you know what else, though? He looked kind of swole here, Cassidy. He did. The comedy looked good. The comedy worked. Big Bill looked like he belonged. I like this spot for Bill. And the bad night for Stokely just began here. But any other thoughts you had on this as Cassidy wins with the Stun Dog Millionaire, Satellite DDT, two orange punches, and a super orange punch off the top. Needless to say, he had to put the big man down. Um, yeah, I think this is Big Bill's best match in AEW so far. And he's had some good matches, so that's not... That's, yeah, he's you had know, some good tags, really. Yeah, actually, he's, he's been useful in, in pretty much every spot they used him. And I forget who he faced off first uh, with somebody in the MJF thing. Oh, it was Wardlow. His first match with yep. the Wardlow, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, he faced off with the Wardog. But um, he had a nice big side slam that just looked devastating because of the size difference. And actually, like, because of... Because there's a difference between someone that's just smaller, like Rey Mysterio, right? But Rey Mysterio is kind of big for his size, like muscular-wise. Like he looks like he's in good shape. Whereas Cassidy's got a completely different kind of athletic build, you know what I mean? Almost more like, I don't know, like, uh, I don't know what kind of athlete he'd be more akin to, but not like your traditional, like, you need... Cassidy's, like, size doesn't prevent him from... He's not like a bodybuilder type, almost like... I don't know, because you even could see, like, Seth Rollins has a big chest, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um, But anyway... Um, I didn't like that Danhausen got tagged in during picture in picture for this match. I thought that was a little weird. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter, but like, I don't like the tags happening off. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's weird to me. Um, cause like, I don't know how many other people, but I, sometimes I tune out during the picture in pictures. You know what I mean? Like, um, without even, oh, yeah, to. if I'm not watching live, I fast forward. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, um, I like not much to add here. I don't want to drag this on too much longer, but it was a good match. Yeah. We see a recap of our main event from last week. John Moxley and Evil Uno get post-match comments from a badly busted open Moxley. Moxley said he lives for this. He's not the guy you want to go in a dark alley with. He reminds Hangman Page that he tried to leave this alone, but Page wanted this. There's only one room for one animal in AW. Moxley will die to protect what is his. All right, I only got two and things on this one. Really gruesome visual. First thing. 
the the image of of Moxley bleeding on the steps throughout this promo is going to be a fucking incredible for the promo package. We already got a little metal. tease of it on on Rampage, and it's going to be awesome. And it just was super. I loved that. Um, and this is going to be a bit contentious to say this early in the year, but Charlie, I think Mox could win Wrestler of the Year again. He's already starting off insanely hot, and I think this is you know one of the things we were talking about at the very very opening minute of the show here. We we're like, you know. AW's go home shows. Again, I think this is a very, very memorable promo. This is a memorable image that we're not going to get out of our heads. And I think that's seems to be what they do best. And they rely on these guys like a Moxley and Heyman wasn't as great later, but the visual of it, of him on the farm, you know, I still think it, it adds to this, this fight. And I, I know we've seen this matchup a few times now in the past few months. I'm excited for it on Sunday. No idea who's going to win, though. Oh, that'll none, be fun. None. But Preview on the prediction. Prediction still is going to be fun with that one. I have yeah, no. We're idea. not touching that yet because we got to think about it. But so the elite, we're about to make their entrance on Carry On Wayward the Tongue. Elite. The the lights the go out. Elite. The House of Black are behind them. The lights go out again. And they come back on. House of Black are holding the trios title. So the elite were down. We haven't had like some people have been very critical of the build between this. I mean, it's there's been not really fed. been a build. I mean, that's exactly, fair, but it's, it yeah. was never intended to be like, for some reason they see these titles as the bottom of the barrel, which I don't understand, but you know, I think this, this accomplished what it needed to look, the match is going to deliver. It's, it's the match in tomorrow night. going to be fucking insane. All I'm going to say is I picked my pay-per-view match of the year as the, the only trios pay-per-view match that we technically got last year. That was like a known match that we were going to have other than the actual trios title match, which was, I think at, uh, not double or nothing. It was some other pay-per-view. I can't remember which one. Um, but unless, unless I don't believe because we had the trios um, title tournament before full gear, didn't we? I want to say anyway, the point is, yeah, it could steal the show because it stole the year for me. So 1000% Renee Paquette. She ended up, we are to cover the phase of the revolution. Renee Paquette is backstage with a medical update saying Chuck and Trent aren't clear to compete. This, this got my brain a little going like, Oh, here we go. If we're going to do it, you just took a team out. Denhausen says he and Orange Cassidy would take their spot. I'm like, yeah, maybe this could still be a fake out. But uh, it didn't go on as a main event, which it thought it was going to at first there. And if this came on at the main event with a team knocked out, I think I had a good feeling where it was going to go. Was not the case. Chris Jericho defeated Peter Avalon. Um, This match was like 99.9% Avalon. As Chris Jericho hit one move to get the win. The Judas effect. <laughs> that was pretty much it, right? Yeah, pretty much. And, yeah, uh, or a code breaker. He won with a code breaker. He hit the Judas effect. After a fact, though, he committed like a felonious assault on the man. Yeah, he grabbed his baseball bat, beat down Avalon post-match. Ricky Starks hits the ring. Jericho takes the mic, said JAS aren't allowed to ring side on Sunday, but they're here tonight. Hager and Garcia appeared, helped Judas. Help Judas. Help Jericho beat up Starks. Garcia hit Judas a rock bottom. And then that's where Jericho connected with the Judas effect to leave Starks laying. He hit, he won the batch of the Codebreaker. But Bro, there was yeah, a I fuck your was, hat chant. They've turned on the hat. As they should. <laughs> but yeah, this was this was nothing. Uh, there, there wasn't much here. Um, Hangman Adam Page had some more pre-recorded comments for John Moxley ahead of their Texas death match. Page said this is all he has left to lose. 
as he's lost the where the fuck title. was hangman he was just under some underpass or something like what the hell i thought he was at his farm that's the way i took it uh mox had already beat up his friends moxley can't take away his spot on sunday page will take moxley's spot as the top of AEW. beating moxley is page's last glimmer of hope as there are only two ways out of this match living or dying page isn't ready to right. die real question do we think hangman actually rides horses he has to he has to should hangman page ride a horse to the ring yes imagine he no, stop, you, you stops can't. at the top of the ring shits on the floor 15 years ago you could you can't today that there would be too much stuff I, I don't think he can take a horse to the ring without a lot of shit going down he would need like some serious uh, oh actually yeah the music would probably scare the horse let's not do that yeah it, it, he, they would not do it today i don't think hey, who knows maybe maybe they got a a fake horse to do it a robot <laughs> horse but again, really, I really like this promo out of Page. I thought this was really nice. A horse you can literally strip for parts. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, Renee's in the ring, introduces Christian. Uh, said that after Jungle Boy beat Luchasaurus at full gear, the feud should have been over with. But Cage's return changed that. Cage said it'll be over his dead body that Perry will win a title in AEW in 2023. He's going to do it instead. Cage said last week he left Perry in a pool of his own blood but realized he only wants to win a title so that he can show his family a post about it online. Cage called him a dime a dozen, while Cage is a one-on-one, who challenges Perry to a fight, not a match on Sunday. If Perry doesn't show up, he's just like a father, no hack, ta- a, a no-talent hack who doesn't have what it takes. Holy shit. Lights went out. We see a video package of Jungle Boy digging a grave along with clips of his name, of clips of his time with Christian as his mentor. There are tears in his eyes as he digs what is a grave with a tombstone that said Christian Cage's name. It's his, is, this, is this when we see Jungle Boy become the Jungle Taker? I'm starting to think so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we find out more about Rampage, what happened. Tony Schiavone is backstage with Jamie Hayda and Britt Baker. Hayda said she doesn't know what's sweeter. Going to beat up one bitch or two on Sunday. They'll be watching Tony Storm's upcoming match the Rio tonight. We then have Hook versus Matt Hardy. Uh... Take the lead on this one. Uh, what, what did you think? It wasn't that long, but <laughs> got some interesting tidbits I'm going to have some. Um, this is going to be a hot take, probably. Um, I, God, I hate to say it, man. Hook has yet to impress me since his debut. Like he's he, His debut was incredible. and That's fair. I don't think he's done anything special since then. Am I, am I losing my mind here? I mean, we're going to get you're to see complete, him beat up Stokely. You're not completely off-based. But that, you know, I mean, he, Stokely in a match and no DQ actually could be really fun. But, I mean, I, I don't know, man. Like, I like what this played into the Matt Hardy storyline because that's fun. But I just, I don't know what to do with Hook, man. I'm I'm going to come off like a dick for saying that, I feel like. But, you know, like, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I really want him to do well. He's really cool. I like Taz. I like Taz's style of wrestling. Yeah, we, just, we need to see him step it up some more. I just don't know, man. There's something missing. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I thought Hookhausen. It hasn't been. I, I liked what they were going with that, and then they just dropped it like a hot topic, and that was it. So yeah, nothing worthy of note here other than Matt Hardy tapping out instantly. I thought it was kind of funny because we all know Matt Hardy's true intentions with Stokely. And Stokely just kind of sat down, was very upset. Ethan Page trying to calm him down. They had some really funny off-air interviews with these guys. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I, I really like the firm. I really like this connection that these guys all have. It's very fun. 
Stokely jumping in the ring is going to be hilarious. I, I think if the crowd is really hot next week, we're going to have a lot of fun with this match. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a fun post-revolution, I think. House of Black emerged from the shadows backstage with the trio's titles. Malachi Black said they'll leave the titles here. They belong to the elite now, but on Sunday they've already lost. Julia Hart said they'll see them at Revolution. Okay. Riho, Tony Storm, two former women's champions. Um, this felt like it was going pretty well. We didn't get a lot of time here. And, you know, Soraya, Hayter, and Soho are really at the focal point of this feud right now to build into the match on Sunday. Neither of them were, none of them were in this match. Soraya was on the outside. Storm attacked Riho um, before her jacket even got off. Riho tried to fight back. Used her speed to hit a corner charge. Soraya ran distraction long enough for Storm to regain control. Riho hit a roll-up into a double stomp on Storm. Riho was sent to the apron, and Storm hit a sweet cheek music to send her outside, where Soraya connected with a charging knee. Um, she then sent Riho into the post as Hader and Britt came from the back, as Storm controlled the action throughout the break. There was some news this week that Rebel is, is no longer with Soraya, or uh, no longer with Hader and Baker since they're baby faces, and they just kind of felt like it doesn't work. Uh, it is what it is. Maybe they'll find another use for her. But usually that's a sign of... Uh, uh, probably not going to be used going forward as, as we've seen. I, I heard that she scissors. had a backstage role at AEW before they brought her in as a talent, so maybe she can go back to that. I've heard maybe it. she's with the coaching. That yeah, I, I have no idea. But it, Her, it, Serena yeah. D, Madison Rain, that's a good group there. Lots of veterans. Lots of rest, lots of in-ring time there. A tilt roll head scissors sent Storm into the ropes. Storm blocked a Tiger Faint kick. Storm missed the hip attack again as Riho went up for a huge crossbody to the top to the floor. A double stomp off the top led re- led to a Riho Northern Lights for a close two. Storm tried the Avalanche Storm Zero. Riho, Riho tried to counter into a sunset flip out of the corner. Storm hit a hair mare. John Woo drop kick and a sweet cheek music for two. Storm stared down Britt and, and Hater as she applied a cloverleaf on Riho. But as it happened, Riho countered into a roll-up for the flash pin. Riho is back. Gets a victory over Tony Storm, who's kind of been untouchable recently. Other than when she's lost her title. This is a big win. This is a big return. And I love the result. I was expecting Tony Storm to win. Same. I, so I, I was really it expecting was a shock this to be like well. a Rio one shot. And then she was just going to be gone again. So I think maybe potentially. I mean, I really hope she can go on like an American excursion soon. Like a la Kanosuke where she can stay for a few months, you know, and we can see a lot. Yeah, I, I would love if she's here for a few months. You know, maybe, maybe, get, a, maybe get a shot at the title. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, some people, as some people are saying, if if we're moving on to the next, you know, the next bigger challengers for Jade, stick her out there with Riho, Riho's former champion. That's a big one. So people are wondering what's next for Jade. If it's if Riho's the one, that's a that's a big challenger, and that's that's a that's a big match for Jade. Um, Keith Lee and Dustin Rhodes are backstage. They address the Mogul affiliates. Lee won't stand for what they do to others. As Rhodes said this Friday, they don't like playing games. Mogul affiliates will remember their names naturally limitless. Silver and Reynolds made their way out for the Battle Royale when they were attacked by Yuta and Cassinoli from behind. They continued to brawl during the commercial. The Battle Royale has begun. The uh, Casino Battle Royale. Um, there's a lot Was it a Casino Battle Royale? Though? A lot crammed into this match. Yeah, technically. We'll hit some of the stuff here. Taz informed us that teams enter every 60 seconds, which was nowhere clear, so nowhere close to what actually ended up happening. 
and there was definitely like a three minute period with no teams at one point. Let's uh, so Silver and Reynolds, Union Castagnoli started things off. Roosh and Vance are there. They kind of end up going. They they kick back into gear what they were doing a couple weeks ago in that Texas tornado tag, which is really good. Lucha Bros were fourth with a huge ovation. They ran wild before Aussie Open were fifth. Immediately laid out Phoenix. And Reynolds and Silver tried to eliminate Union Castagnoli. Aussie Open cut them off. Blackpool Combat Club and eliminated the Dark Order duo. Again, eliminating more baby faces. I believe they're they're full. They're, if they're not full heels, it's going to be pretty close. Um, Menard and Parker entered during the commercial. And the most notable thing that happened here is Roosh trying to unmask, unmask Phoenix. Top flight are out. The Kingdom are out. And, yeah, Menard was eliminated as the Kingdom entered. Aussie Open wiped out the Kingdom with half-and-half half suplexes as Tony Nese, Ari Davari, Josh Woods, and Mark Sterling hit the ring and attacked the Lucha Bros, which we found out is going to be going towards something on uh, the Foles, uh what's it called? Zero? Zero Hour. There it is. Top Flight eliminated uh, Vance and Roosh. The Kingdom, Aussie Open, Top Flight, and BCAC are fighting it out. Top Flight were eliminated, and Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy entered ninth. Angelo Parker was hiding, tried to eliminate Dan Housen, but was tossed out by Cassidy. The Butcher and the Blade were the 10th team. Excalibur mentioned they're the most dangerous. I'm like, okay. I, I, as we were saying on the show before, this is the team that I think made the... I, I was really happy if, if FDR wasn't in. Butcher and the Blade, I would have liked to win. Maria Canellis was pulled up on the apron by Aussie Open. Bennett and David accidentally super kicked her on the Wait, floor. Wait, no, no, I have this. I have this written correctly in my notes, and you could y- y'all could take this however you want. But Maria took it from Taven and Bennett at the same time. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Both the Kingdom and Aussie Open were dumped. BCC Cassidy and Dan Housen and the Butcher of the Blade are the final three teams. Silver and Reynolds hit ringside to distract Castanoli and Yuta, who were dumped by Cassidy and Dan Housen. Butcher and the Blade hit dragged the lake on Dan Housen, who rolled to the floor. Cassidy was holding on for dear life. Danhausen snuck up from behind them and dumped them both over. So, Cassidy and Danhausen win this big match. All right, two things. Okay, where the what? Where was the Joker? Yep, no Joker. Why? Why was there no Joker? It, where? Yeah. What's the casino part? Because like yeah, you I'm need the Joker no for Joker. the slot machine thing to work, right? <sighs> Missed opportunity, honestly. I don't. I don't know. I feel like they've I, done I, a casino battle royal where there was a Joker before, right? Didn't they? They must have. They must have. Even if the Joker was the Young Bucks, like you could have done something fucking gimmicky and fun. <sighs> and it's just uh, no Joker, and we have a team that just had their first tag match win, uh, win the battle royal. <sighs> Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and the Guns hit the ring, laid out Cassidy and House. The Acclaim hit the ring, and we have a very, very interesting four way for the titles at Revolution. So, yeah. Okay. Video package shown. Um, any other thoughts you had on that? Not really, no. I didn't really care. Yeah. It was, it was, I, I don't know. I thought, I thought for sure there was going to be a Joker and it was going to be FTR. I thought that's the only way this match makes sense. Like, uh, uh. yep. And it wasn't the case. And it's very, it just, it just left me kind of feeling like, damn. That's just kind of how I felt. All right, Danielson's and MJF's final confrontation. They were really trying to cram this here. Renee welcomed Danielson to the ring. She brings up the past, a post from 2014. MJF made when he was dropping out of school, mentioning how Danielson was the reason he wanted to become a wrestler. 
Danis had talked about how he was forced to retire years ago. If you fight for your dreams, your dreams would fight for you. MJF's music interrupted him. Danison told him to shut up before he could even say a word. Danison said MJF hates him because he has a family and it's something MJF thinks he deserves. MJF has done nothing to earn or fight for any of that. Danison said MJF has taken every shortcut to get to where he's at and deserves his fiance leaving him. <laughs> Danison has fought for everything he has gotten in life, leaving a job that would have paid him for the rest of his life just so he could fight. Danison's new dream is, be- is becoming AW World Champion and he's willing to fight for it. If MJF isn't willing to fight on Sunday, he's going to get his fucking head kicked in. They let F- they let Danielson get a nice F-bomb, which I thought the crowd reacted to. MJF's face was brilliant. And yeah. Danielson, really. I mean, we've covered we've talked about it before. This guy's such a great he this is why he's so good. That promo, the delivery, every bit of it, I bought onto every word. This guy's so passionate. And yeah, we got our predictions. The reason why he's both that, the greatest where, uh, of all time and the best wrestler in the world. I mean, like, it's just you can't be both without being good at everything and just being a, one of the best talents to ever be a wrestler, in my opinion. He's just such a special talent. And, you know, now we're here. This is our last confrontation. I, I think it delivered. I think that one liner at the end, that's going to be the one liner people take from this. But. I just think this was such a good one for finally letting Danielson get the big words on him, which this buildup, he's he's grown a lot of frustration for the shit that MGF's thrown at him, and he let him know how he felt, and I thought that was a really nice turn of events at the end there. So, yeah. That being said, let's jump into uh, AW Rampage. Rampage, baby. And you want to kick us off here with our four-way of the Blackpool Combat Clubs, Cassinoli and Willy Yuta, Aussie Open, Top Flight, and Dark Order, which, in my opinion, would have been a better four-way for the title than what we're getting. <laughs> yeah, I know. What a way to bury your your, your four-way title <laughs> match by having a better four-way on 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 Rampage. Um, I still don't like Four Corners tag matches like this. They just don't work for me. It's not going to work for me yeah. at the pay-per-view either. I can just tell everybody right now, it doesn't matter who wins. I'm still not going to like it because I just hate these kinds of matches where you have to tag another team members of a a different team and just take your team out of the match. That's such a weird, someone needs to figure that the fuck out because you, you, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why would it not be like a traditional fatal four way, but you just have to tag. I know that doesn't make any sense because if there's four people in the ring at the same time, shouldn't there be? Yeah. And it's why maybe you should just, if you're going to do multi tag matches like this, maybe they should just be tornado. But anyway, um, I thought both, um, uh, I, I, uh, I put in my notes because silver did his like little, uh, you know, crazy spot. I called him, I called that going into hungry mode. Um, <laughs> that, that maneuver they hit, they hit it every match, but oh my God, it it was so good again during the casino tag team. Absolutely. Um, both the kingdom and, uh, LFI, I think looked good in this match. Um, I just wasn't super into it. Uh, Fletcher sold the absolute shit out of that slingshot flatliner that, uh, Darius hits. Um, and uh, it picked up a lot in the second half of the match. And then uh, Wheeler was able to steal the win. Um, I don't know, man. Like, this just didn't really work for me. But, I mean, I understand why it was where it was. But it's still probably going to be better than the one on Sunday. So, I mean, that, that tag match is going to be brutal. Yeah, I thought Aussie Open and Top Flight, that to me is serious money. You could do that match. Let's run that match. If if we got Aussie Open again next week, let's run that match. 
give him give him like twelve minutes and let him steal the show. That'd be a fun zero hour match if we can get Aussie Open on zero hour. I'm fucking in too. I mean, that would again, be good. I don't know what their schedule looks like though. Who knows? Um, Silver and Reynolds jump in the Combat Club after brawl in the back. You think we're gonna get a pre-show match between them? Probably. Maybe it could be. Yeah. Get get Claudio on the show and stuff. Absolutely. We only have one zero hour announced as we're recording this, so they may just they might add more. Throw, they may just yeah, they may just on the day of. Just I'm guessing have a we're going to have four matches on that. They love to do that, yeah, because they've done the like one match with like a thirty minute pre show, and it didn't quite work. You know what I mean? Like, um, because it doesn't for WWE either. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that we'll they'll just throw some matches on there, even if we don't have any announced. You know what I mean? For people that just don't have matches that have been on TV. I would imagine. Get a preview of the uh, Adam Page and John Moxon match of Revolution. Jack Perry promised to leave Christian Cage in a hole in the ground of Revolution. This is now the final burial. Yeah, so I guess we're getting a Buried which, Alive match. That's pretty cool. Which sounds, yep, sounds like it might be a Buried Alive. It could be gimmick. cinematic, too, because he's not at, like, a, they, didn't, they didn't say it was going to be in the building, but it could also just be, like, you know, they, they do the mound of dirt yeah. in the building, and that's sitting in the background for the whole show. Um, which is fine. I don't it, mind that. You know what I mean? It's a nice back. Jack. It, it make the set look interesting, for sure, you know? Yeah, it will. Uh, Jack had a line about, if you're such a fan of my father, I'm going to make sure you get to say hi to him. <laughs> I thought that was pretty fucking brutal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we covered the women's match. Great match. Previewed the three-way for the women's world title this Sunday. Soho gave an impassioned promo, and the others were just kind of there. But uh, Ruby Soho, she wants you, She wants us to believe she can win this thing. Destination and unknown. Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho. Powerhouse Hobbs with the uh, bronze ring. I think it's gold now. Defeated Serpentico in 38 seconds. No, they call it brass. That's what they say. The brass ring, right? Brass. Okay, with the brass ring. Yep, it looks gold now, though. But either way, Hobbs whipped Serpentico into the ropes. He hit his neck after a spine buster and the town business. Uh, Hobbs got the win. After the match, he grabbed a mic, cut a promo on the TNT Championship, and he was super over with the crowd. People want to buy Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. If I was buying stock in AW wrestlers right now, Powerhouse Hobbs stock is going up. I'm, I'm investing. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's how you do stock investment, but that's what I'm doing. Exactly. And, you know, uh, there's something I want to say, but I'm going to actually pass on it. But Really? Um, yeah, you know, people, ah, fuck it. We're, we're two hours in. If you guys stuck all the way in, you're not going to mind this. There are people online saying, you know, how Powerhouse Hobbs is just uh, Black Ryback and that oh, this well, is a bad that. push. Fuck those people. And these people could not be more wrong. And I think it comes from a place of hate. And, you know, First what? Of all, that's, insulting. Is- that's insulting to, Ry- to, to compare him to Ryback. Ryback sucked. Ryback was not a good wrestler. And, you know, I, I think Powerhouse Hobbs is really good. I, I just, you know, I saw people buying into that and I, I don't. I just, I hope people can kind of, you know, what's the term here? Siphon out the shit that they read sometimes. Like, people that say that, they probably don't even watch him. As a matter of fact, I know they don't watch him. So, yeah, these squash Fucking matches fedhead work. freaks, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, yeah. You know, we're two hours in. Normally, I'd take a pass on that, but we're, fa- we're Powerhouse Hobbs fans here. And, you know, it is people trying to shit on him when he's at the height right now. So, yeah. Rene Paquette interviewed Kanosuke Takeshita. He lamented his lack of big wins and thought maybe it was time to go back to Japan, which he heard a sigh and a cry from the crowd. No one wants him to go back. I love it. Stay here, buddy. I'm going to cry. Don Callis interrupts and offers to take Takeshita under his wing or give him a ride to the airport if he really wants to go back to Japan. 
this is finally going somewhere. This has been teased up for about three months now. So, yeah. Callus and, and Takeshita. I think, hey, it does. This is going to get him more TV time. Hopefully, this gets him bigger wins. And if Takeshita's the one to dethrone Orange Cassidy, I am still okay with that. Orange Cassidy's title run has been fantastic. I can't think of somebody who should take that momentum from him more. Honestly, just skyrocket him to the next level. Do it. Yep. Completely agree. QTV, which is now known as at Quality TV, is coming. Quality TV AW is the handle. Veer Mahan. <laughs> I hope we see it next week. I don't want to. We don't need this for four months. Mark Briscoe cut a really fun promo. He was joined by the Lucha Brothers. They will take on Mark Sterling's team, the Varsity Athletes, and Ari Divari at the Revolution pre-show. So we've been wondering, you know, Mark Briscoe is probably going to start teaming with some of these legendary tag teams. Just because it's going to make sense as like the third. So the first one he's doing it with is the Lucha Bros. I like it. If Mark Briscoe ends up being, a, you know, teaming with FTR, I'm, I'm very happy with that too. So I, I love this. It's going to be a fun match. And get, get Briscoe out there at the pre-show with Lucha Brothers. Fuck it. Send it in. Absolutely. Okay. Complete revolution rundown. All of the teams in the four-way cut promos on each other. Nothing specific there. Okay, Keith Lee and Dusty Rhodes, what was it, Naturally Limitless, defeated Swerve Strickland and Parker Boudreaux. Keith Lee, he wears a cape to the ring now. <laughs> thought it looked badass. Someone mentioned he looked like a Sith Lord. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I that he was, looked like, an evil, wiz- he looked like an evil wizard. That's what I thought. He's a Sith Lord. Um, Yeah, this match was pretty fun. I thought this was this is really big for Parker. This is a big match, man. The Rampage main event in a ring with guys like this. Former world champions in multiple companies. I mean, it's a big deal. And I still think Parker had some of Parker his same needs problems. to go to a double J like punch class that he needs that. Yeah. He luckily, I think he Keith Lee, when he hit his big moves on him, he looked fine. He he can take a big move well, so he's got that down. Teaming with Swerve, man, Swerve is so freaking good. Whether it's jumping off Lee's chest. Uh, landing on the, on the outside against uh, <laughs> Rhodes. That was fun. I, I felt the energy from this. It got some good time. And yeah, fun little main event to kind of close our week off of, uh, you know, I really thought we might get Swerving Keith Lee at its revolution. I guess it's not happening. But everyone looked fine. And Keith Lee picking up the win in his return is a big deal. This doesn't hurt anyone. Parker took the pin, which is we're fine with. And yeah, any other thoughts you had from this as we uh, close out our show here as we cover Rampage? Um, I'm just really excited for the pay-per-view this week, to be honest with you. It's been too goddamn long since we had an AEW pay-per-view. It's been too long. Yes. It has been way too long. So, yeah, that'll be it for us, guys. Thanks for hanging around in this nearly two-hour show. We appreciate it. Again, if... If you like the ROH coverage, let us know. I mean, you can send us a DM, send us a tweet. We don't mind at Eat Sleep Elite or on our individual Twitters. Did you uh, intend for that it? to rhyme or did that just happen? It it just happened. <laughs> I, I already forgot what I said. Charlie's but, dropping bars, y'all. Yeah, that's how we do it. But thanks again for hanging out with us. If you just watched the predictions episode, hope you enjoyed our official show. And if you are looking for something else to listen to, go check out the prediction show. It's out right now. So thank you very much. We'll catch you guys tomorrow for AEW Revolution. Oh, the thing's not playing. Fuck it. Cold cold ending.
Fuck you.